I have a very important question. I, I got, I've got a very important answer. Super okay. important answer. Yeah, good. Most important of all answers. Settle a bet. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love how this is starting. Budnick or Bundick? It's Bundick. Okay, thank you. It's B as in boy, U-N, D as in David, I-C-K. It's bun and dick. Okay, make sure you look at him when you say this. Bundick. But I'm from the Midwest. We just move letters around. Listen, I haven't called much worse. Uh, Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, My my last name was fantastic to have as a middle schooler. Uh, And... And like when I call, like especially when I call places not from Columbus to order things mm. or I'm doing customer service or whatever, and I give my last name, there's always that pause. Like especially <laughs> like like when we're out of town or like we're in pizza or whatever, and it's like yeah, it's uh, can I get a name for the order? Yeah, it's John Bundick. Yeah, it was a terrible name in middle school, and like that's just like oh okay, it's like because it's, it's like I, he probably is making this up, but it seems like a weird direction to go in making yeah. up a, a terrible name. At least yeah. it's easy to spell, like phonetically. Like yeah. you could you could tell somebody, sure. and the barista probably would get it right. Yeah, uh, we're. <laughs> I just I feel so justified though because like this was like a ten minute argument and I'm like no it's literally spelled this way like why would he have people mispronounce it on purpose like it makes us all less it makes us less uncomfortable when we say if we just push it on no it's totally fine Um, my wife Um, and I when we uh, when she was pregnant I almost said when we were pregnant I was never pregnant when she was pregnant with our son we were having this whole discussion about like what's his name going to be on and on and on and I was like it doesn't matter because in the fifth grade every kid's going to realize what his last name is and from then on he is just going to be Bundick and that is that is that is the Mm. way of our people Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my wife passing it down uh, I mean he's got a pretty cool name Uh, I wanted him to be Beowulf as his middle name and my wife was not having that like I, I and I even like led with some names I knew she was gonna say no to to try to get to Beowulf right um that's tied though because <laughs> like I love that story I love that narrative and it's like you know the story of Christendom coming to northern Europe it's the first you know English not yeah. like novel and it's this epic poem of heroism and um uh, and I'm thinking of a different book now because uh, I just <laughs> moved it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just moved <laughs> books, books, so many books. Um, no, uh, yeah. So yeah. So anyway, um, but now anyway. So we were talking about this, and I wanted I wanted Beowulf because I mean, one, it means bear wolf, right? And so that's awesome. No, it's. And second, like he's this noble king who does these like great acts, and uh, my wife. Uh, Said no to that. No. So I quashed Moses. So that's that's right. Is Moses? Yeah, Moses was on the table for her. Yeah. Not at all for this guy. <laughs> it's like I don't. When you have Beowulf versus Moses, I mean, there's a clear I mean, winner. Right, Beowulf. Yeah, and for sure. <laughs> Although, I mean. I mean, yeah, Moses, he's a great guy. Yeah, uh, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, at some point, you could be parting to see. Yeah, I mean, there's that. But I mean, I, yeah. I mean, the thing that I brought no, up like, was that yeah. every, like, Moses that I'd ever met that was, like, a black man was, like, a man from, like, Mississippi. And, like, <laughs> you know, like, you. and I was yeah. like, I don't know that we're going to raise that kid. And so. <laughs> to live up. Um, but that's the middle name, right? Yeah, that's the middle name. So, okay. yeah. That's a throwaway name. Yeah, that's and that was my point. Yeah. And so. And whenever I give the whole name, which I won't do here because I know you guys have like global reach and I don't want people like stalking my kid, is yeah, like yeah. when you put it all together, it's a name that says, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a guy you respect. Yeah. And when I tell guys that, like put out the name, like, yeah, that's you should. And about, you know, 30% of women agree with me. And that 
think about <laughs> half of that 30% is probably just being polite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Totally. So it sounds so good. You should have gone with it. I don't know why she didn't choose it. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go ahead and roll? We're going to do it? Yeah, let's All do right. the thing. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Do the got thing. The, yeah. Hey, roll the thing, David. Hey, roll it's it. The there thing. it is. I love the well, thing. Shit. <laughs> Mm. What's our what's our artist name? What's his King Flamingo? Flamingo? King Flamingo. King man. Flamingo. King Flamingo. Yeah. yeah. We love his stuff. We want him on here. Shout out to I mean, he let's get the king in here. If you yeah. get the king here, I want to be here because I want to discuss this very specific intro. Yes. I love it. So this is my this is my introduction to the intro to King Flamingo. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we really like. We'd like King Flamingo to make us a song specifically yeah, for the podcast. Him. I mean, like that would be tight. So I'm just going to say right now that everyone who's watching this needs to at King Flamingo. Come on, bud. Yeah. And just ask for that. Just like, <laughs> yeah. let's make this happen. Yeah, this you got to follow him on all the things. That's and true, also that's be true. nice about it and tell him to make it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got to be polite about yeah. the ask. Yeah. Right? So. He yeah. probably doesn't even have the at King Flamingo. It's probably taken. So we're just going to spam some dudes. I feel like this is like a post sort of situation where someone. <laughs> Which one of you is the, the post guy? You're the post guy? Post guy yeah. Yeah. yeah, just find out what it is. Find out what his insta is. And just we'll, find find it. It. we'll find yeah. it. We'll track him down. Like just, right here. Put it like right here. We're coming for you, King so, Flamingo. Yeah. We have to tag him like every single time and just be that annoying like... Who are these people? Why? I mean... He'll eventually say yes. What's is going to happen is going to block you, which is no different than what's happening right now. Yeah, we can make more accounts. Yeah. Nothing creepy about the ex-girlfriend stalker right there. No, not at all. Tristan intros. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, it's me, the guy that uh, does the intro poorly, but I do it every time, so That's we're true. here. And, uh, <laughs> I meant to try and steal the intro from you. Nah, and you uh, didn't. You know what? Go ahead. Oh, it's too late. He's cutting me in. Oh, no, John Budnick, take over the intro. Oh, no, no, I, I, I really right, well, I just was trying okay. to. This is uh, <laughs> Triflex LLC. We are a creative media studio about based out of Columbus, Indiana, the uh, the best town in the world, and we're the best podcast because uh, we're the best. And uh, we, we got the best <laughs> guests. Podcast in the best city. We got the best guests. We got the best cameras and lights, and it's all arbitrary, so we're just happy you're here. Yeah, just everything. It's all arbitrary. Uh, but uh, we're so glad you're here to uh, hear a wonderful tale of John Budnick. Actually, he's uh, our second guest to be on a second time. Yeah. Uh, we just Ooh. had Abby on. So now uh, we're, we're cycling back through all of the people <laughs> okay. that live we in the best town. We're out of content. <laughs> no, we're out of guests. There's no one else yeah. in Columbus at I this mean, point. I mean, it's reduced, reuse, recycle. We're, we're, we're recycling yeah. right now, so. But, but there's a very specific reason why we're bringing him back on. He uh, Last time he was on... Um, we interviewed him and kind of got the background of who you are yeah. and what led you to where you were previously. But there's there's been a big shift in your life. Huge shift. Towards a passion. Yeah. Towards a big passion. And uh, we'll dive passion into that project. right yeah. after we introduce our host, David Bacon. It's me. <laughs> I'm the guy Hi, that helps run all this stuff. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, David. It's I'll a make me. It happen. <laughs> it's a me, a David. It's a me. And our producer, Cole... Ankner. <laughs> no, just no. Don't get my last it's just cold. He's like, we're global it's outreach. Cold. We don't want people knowing his last name. Yeah, it's, it's right now. plastered all over my Instagram, but yeah. don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, you go to my yeah. website, coleankney.com. <laughs> it's the 21st century. There's no, there's no privacy. Yeah, no. What do you mean that doesn't yeah. auto forward to Triflix LLC? It does not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't spend all that time on Squarespace to have it forward to Triflix. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. To our hand 
Minecraft Wix site. Oh, yeah, that's uh-huh. a beautiful We're site. Competing sponsors right there. I know, right? <laughs> well, we don't have any sponsors. So. Disclaimer. Ooh, okay, whoever comes first wins. I mean, that's how most races win. There <laughs> yep. <right>, we go. <laughs> Oh, boy. This is going to be a fun one, guys. I've been looking forward to this because I didn't have the opportunity to talk to you, interview you, whatever you want to call it, on the last last podcast that you were on. It didn't exist. I didn't exist at the time. No, I mean, you you were not real to me. Yeah. (laughs) Neither were you to me. (laughs) And eventually I had this guy, like, (laughs) following me around Columbus, like, (laughs) waving and honking at me. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. (laughs) dropping us on coffee meetings. Yeah, how did we, like, I don't even know how we actually met. I think it was that Luke B. It had yeah. to have been a Luke B. I mean, I'm sure it was. For uh, sure. Unofficial sponsor. Like, yeah, yeah. But but it was like every be. week they're like, somebody would show up and just say something and be like, hey guys, like what's happening? They're like, hey, and I'm just like sitting there and they're like, meet this person. And so that's how I met everybody. Yeah. Actually, it was, we kept getting texts from John as he eavesdropped <laughs> and comment, was offering commentary. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I check this out. out. Yeah. He's okay. like, who is this guy? To be fair, I think we'd met before that. Really? Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, knew I just didn't enough. have his phone number at that yeah. point to get him in on the, yes. the, the, the eavesdropping yeah. of the, the conversation. It was one of the first meetings we had with Daniel there. I know. And he, we were yeah. giving him like pointers on how to like get uh, photos during a proposal without like being seen. But like all that part, like nobody around us heard in the beginning. No. So <laughs> and so all it was like I heard. Like, creeping around. All trying I to heard was pictures. him just like talking about like he needed to be in the bushes and taking pictures and not be seen. Oh, that's and I was right. like, Kissing. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I bro, forgot. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a bit much. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, at the same time, this lady sitting near you away from us overheard <laughs> the exact same conversation and just is yep. like mean mugging and like very concerned I mean, about... rightfully so. <laughs> yes. I would be scared. This is why we got an office. To hear it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we can talk yeah. about our stalker picks without anybody listening. Mm-hmm. Yep. And no judgment will ever yeah. be passed. No, but there is no judgment coming here. from... no. Is this a safe space? Can I share everything in my heart? Uh, I think yeah. Are, this is a safe, safe space. The yeah. comment section isn't. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got some very comments. specific hot takes uh, that okay. uh, may come up at some point. Yeah. If we ever get, to the office, if we get around to the office, I've got a very specific one there. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, oh, yeah. We may have discussed before, but, yes. you know. Nah. I, I don't know that the office, I mean, I mean, it's already come up once. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't the office come up again? It's, That's wait, true. We can do follow-ups. Yes. Absolutely. Just slide it in there. I'll slide yeah. that in there, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll put it in the outline. Let me, let me put it in the outline. No. Here. Oh. As oh. organic <laughs> as possible. I was going to say, isn't this like supposed to be an organic emerging conversation? Oh, yeah. Just between, yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep going. Between a bunch <laughs> of people yeah. talking yeah. about things, right? I love it. So. Oh, yeah. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are the model of organic conversations. What show was that again? <laughs> So I know these guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna push this on here. Yeah. So I know that David and <laughs> Tristan. <Example> one. Yeah. <laughs> Shush. So I know that David and Tristan kind of know a little bit more than I do. So I'm gonna help prompt us through here. Mm. Um, so I know that you just had a little bit of a shift in life. Yeah, I um, did. You got got a new path here. Yeah. Kind of just give me a quick synopsis, and we'll kind of talk through it. So I'm I'm very <laughs> I, I'm very interested in what you got going on. Okay, so I am uh, Bartholomew County, born and raised. Yeah. So just outside of Columbus, I grew up in Taylorsville, Indiana, Woo. which is a town that basically no one knows about unless you live here. <laughs> it's true. Um, so true. It is an unincorporated yeah. town, but it does have its own post office. So okay, mm, yeah. okay, yeah, take facts. That. All Get- those other unincorporated. <laughs> Moving up in the world. I uh, thought it was just kind of like Edinburgh's dirty cousin. Whoa, 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 whoa. We are. <laughs> Come on. 
We are civilization. <laughs> you're hey, you're talking to two residents of Taylorsville right now. Oh, really? Me and John. Yeah. yeah. I did not know Heritage this. Heritage Heights represent. Actually, yeah. yeah. Me too, bro. Yeah. So. I know huh. all, all of this from the guy who lives in Nineveh. <laughs> <laughs> we have yeah. one four-way. We call it the four-way. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, it's so, got a light, too, right? It's got one light. Yeah. Yeah. One light town. Blink. Is it Blink? Or yes. is it? Yeah. Okay. It it's basically the Cars movie. <laughs> just pull in. <laughs> Nothing going on. Sense. No one comes. No one leaves. There's kind of yeah. I there's mean, there's actually some some truth to this. No, I mean, there's I probably mean, a mater that works at the auto shop that's at the four way. Yeah. I, <laughs> everything reads that you're saying so far. Uh, so anyway, Sorry, continue, I grew sir. up in Taylorsville. Uh, yeah. Grew up around the firehouse. My dad's a volunteer firefighter at German Township. Has been since uh, I think Moses came down from the mountain. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. Which not, may be not, a conversational call. call back we'll see how the, the call <laughs> open goes and if not everyone's like what happened um so uh but no my dad's been there since uh the 80s and so i grew up around the firehouse um grew around grew up around firefighters uh, my mom hates it when i tell this story but it's true it's where i learned how to swear um which i will not do today yeah um they i try not, not to make it happen but i did so as like a child is because again they're firefighters right yeah great guys and so i grew mm -hmm. up in the first responder house and yeah. so then they did you know 15 years of student ministry which is crazy fun and amazing and if you are a person who goes to church uh, the first thing you need to do is just be really thankful that you've got a student pastor and the second thing you need to do is ask them like how can I come alongside you to like help shape the future because that's a big deal and it's you don't just hire them to do it you hire them to like help guide you along the process okay so okay. box okay. off of it okay so I did that for a while um, my wife and I are, we got married, you know, like 10 years ago, 10 years and some change. Uh, Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Give uh, or take. He Give knows. Give or take, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's October 1st, so to be. <laughs> um, Smart man. Saved. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so anyway, we're back here in town. Uh, I got involved with uh, the Columbus Police Department as a chaplain because I was riding with a friend of mine who had just uh, gotten onto the department and he's like, hey, you should come out and ride, which is a thing I'd done when I was living over in Martinsville, Indiana. Uh, with a sheriff's deputy over there. And I really just enjoyed kind of going out, seeing the roads and, you know, just what they do. And in the process of this, uh, what basically happened is, is you know, second call into the first shift I've ever ridden with my buddy uh, is uh, someone has come home and found their husband dead, which is like this really tragic thing. And so yeah. we show yeah. up there and uh, my friend uh, looks at the, the widow, the now widow, and says, this is John. He's my pastor. You can talk to him. So, which was not part of the original agreement <laughs> me of getting in the car. My, it was just right? like, just watch you do your thing, and we're going to hang out, yeah. and maybe go to Chipotle later. Um, <laughs> no corpses <laughs> were mentioned. They weren't. And so, but I got to engage in this real conversation with this woman who was experiencing immense loss in yeah. that moment, yeah. and be there as her family was showing up, be able to just basically be with people who were hurting which allowed these officers to do the things that they needed to do in order to, to you know, take care of the situation, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a whole process that goes along with that. Right. Afterwards, uh, I was talking to, you know, the guy I was riding with and a, and a detective at the time was a guy who I, I went to high school with. And they're like, you know, you could do this all the time. And so that's sort of the path of me doing that as a volunteer. And so I've been volunteering as a chaplain for before years, actually, this March. And wow. this is where I'm going to stop you. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to ask you. If you don't mind, explain yeah. what okay. is a chaplain. Yeah, so everyone yeah. thinks like a chaplain is like a pastor. And um, not all pastors make good chaplains, and not all chaplains are pastors. Mm. Okay. Um, 
So what a chaplain does uh, in kind of the, the first responder realm is there are people who come alongside both the first responders and people in the community uh, in moments of crisis and moment of hurt. So, like, for instance, with my officers, uh, I've got 86 sworn officers at the Columbus Police Department here in Columbus, Indiana, not to be confused with Columbus, Ohio, which sometimes happens. Thank you. And so often. <laughs> so Columbus, often. Georgia. Yeah. And... As uh, so, one of the things that I do is I'm, I'm available for them by state statute in Indiana. Uh, they can say basically anything to me. It's covered. It's a mental health exception, and so I'm basically there. Uh, you know, guidance. I you know clearly I'm not a therapist, but being able to kind of process and mirror, uh, refer them to resources. So. If an officer were to say, hey, I'm thinking about, I, I've got a lot of anxiety, I've got a lot of stress, I've got something going on, do you know a therapist? Like, I've got a whole list of people that I know that I trust, and because I trust them and my officers trust me, I confirm that way. Okay. Um, wow. That's super cool. So just, and just various other things I do to come alongside and kind of just help them do their job. And mm -hmm. we can talk about how hard that job is. And again, in a complicated climate, if we're just being 100% honest. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so kind of public facing what that looks like is uh, on scenes. It's everything from, you know, just kind of standing around watching things happen because I have no power in any situation. I'm just, hello, chaplain here. Uh, <laughs> or it's. You know, death notifications, which is one of the things that is, mm. it's, this is a really important time in someone's life, right? So a lot of times people have no idea that the person that I'm going to tell them, uh, that they're, this person that they love very much has died. And so how to do that in a way that, is, that you do it well, that is honest, that's good, that is, doesn't, because what a lot of us want to do is we want to like soft shoe or we want to sort of like pad the impact and that makes it worse, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you have to develop pretty quickly is the ability to say really hard things to people that they don't want to hear. Just ripping band-aids all day. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is, right? You are yeah. basically ruining people's lives. Yeah. That's part of what I do as a volunteer gig, right? <laughs> And <laughs> was that so, part of the appeal? I know, right? <laughs> it's a great way to put it. What do you do, sir? <laughs> I ruin people's, people's lives. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I can so, see the title now. <laughs> Ruining people's lives. John Bundick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah. But it used to be voluntarily. Yeah. No, and, so it's, and, and voluntary. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so this is what I do. And that's... Part of, I mean, those are bits and pieces of what a chaplain does. But basically, okay. it's support for your agency. And so in Bartholomew County, uh, a lot of the volunteer fire departments have, you know, chaplains or volunteers. Uh, mm. The city of Columbus, the city fire department has um, Ron Bridgewater, who's the uh, Columbus fire chaplain. Robert Vester's the lead chaplain over at county. And then we've got uh, three chaplains over at CPD, at the Columbus Police Department, and I'm one of them. And so this is uh, what we do. So Wow. That's pretty cool. I had, uh, to be honest with you, I had no clue that this existed. Yeah. It, it makes total sense. Yeah. It, I mean, it does. And this is a thing that most people don't know exists because it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things like, so like IMPD, uh, Indianapolis Metro Police Department, they have like full-time chaplains on staff. And I think a couple part-time ones last time I talked to somebody up there, but they're an agency of like multiple thousand officers. Yeah. Right. right. <clears throat> but when we think about like our officers that we've got here in Columbus. You know, we think of Columbus as like the Athens of the Prairie, like this place where it's like this idyllic little like like place in <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. of southern Indiana. And one of the things that I've been like both privileged to see and it's been this opportunity to be able to share with people in the community ways they can make a real meaningful impact is I get to see 
some of the the brokenness because along mm. with like notifications, one of the things that I do is I I try to ride at least one shift every week with my officers as a volunteer, and um, so sometimes I get to see those very broken spaces. Like people have all sorts of thoughts on addiction and on what it means to like overdosing and, and whatnot. And unless you've had this happen in your home, most people have never actually seen it. Right. And so I've seen that. I know where the homeless camps in Columbus generally are. And I know what like so I get to see these kinds of things, which gives me this opportunity around that as well. Uh, to start to say to people when they're like, well, what do we do to fix this? Like, oh, let me just give you like 10 things that you could do that would be like wonderful. Or if you could get a group of people to do this thing or like, so um, being able to equip the community around that. And so anyway, um, lost my train of thought. That's Coming okay. Coming back around. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Bro. Sorry. Uh, you start thinking, talking about a, a bunch of uh, things and stories and whatnot. So uh, anyway, all that to say is that like most agencies are size. People don't think that there are terrible things that happen. Mm-hmm. But yep. depending on like what study you look at, right? Um, officers, you know, 20-year veteran in law enforcement, will see somewhere between 200 and 800, kind of depending on who you ask, and there's a bunch of whatever. Regional loca- yeah. locale. Right. I mean, if you're in Chicago or L.A., it's probably much different than Edinburgh, Indiana. But still, if you're in like a 20-year lifespan of law enforcement, you have like whatever we call 200 critical incidents. Uh, these are traumatic events. And... To put that in perspective, the average American uh, sees somewhere between one and four over the course of their lifetime. Hmm. So this would be something like finding a dead body, uh, fighting for your life, extreme violence, mm-hmm. witnessing extreme violence or community violence. So very few of us see more than one or two. It's like, so for my officers, sometimes their Tuesday is a thing that people would talk to their therapist about for, for 10 years. Wow. And, yeah. and so- kind of being alongside them and supporting that. And so even in agencies our size, having chaplains available is a really important thing because it's not just about therapy or writing or, or, or the notifications. It's also about being, you know, we made the joke earlier, but like being a safe place to land to say, mm. hey, this thing I saw last week, it's kind of like sticking around. What do I do with that? And so having specific trainings and there are things that we know, evidence-based that will prevent trauma mm-hmm. um, and PTSD, which then makes them a better officer, which makes them better for our community, which then answers some of the questions that people have in this national policing conversation. So I get to be yeah. a part of that, and that's really awesome. Right. Gosh. So, <laughs> so, you, so, yeah, so you get to help both some of the people that you come in contact with, uh, civilians, I mm-hmm. guess is the best way to put it, um, on your ride-alongs and everything, but then you're also helping – officers themselves yeah. so. families of the officers yeah um okay okay so yeah whole thing um one of my favorite things i get to do uh and <laughs> it's a weird thing so you don't look like this because you don't like you know you don't know your way around food right and so <laughs> uh, um i mean if in case you're like listening to this as opposed to watching it i am like six foot four and 185 pounds soaking what uh and yeah, uh, just six pack. Uh, sarcasm, all of that. <laughs> I was like, you're six four. I'm so yeah. small. <laughs> but you know, so when my officers are, you know, when their wives or they are going to have a baby or or whatever they're going to be, at. so you know, one of my favorite things to do is just like, here's a bunch of freezer meals because, uh, you know, uh, you and I are dads. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the one thing you don't want to do is like, what's one less thing I have to do? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. At home? And so it's like, if there are four meals that I don't have to make. It's huge. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> All I have to do is remember to take something out of the refrigerator, the freezer, either the night before in the morning. I'll take it. Yes. Right? And, yes. and so just getting <laughs> the, yeah. So like, but that's a huge thing for families. Right. And so, mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's not because like I'm so awesome or whatever, but it's one of those like, how do I practically help make the lives of our officers and their families better? Because the better that is, the better they are on the street and the better that they, you know. And also, I just genuinely love these people. Um, don't tell them I said that, though, because they'll think I'm soft. But no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Erase it. <laughs> Gone from the podcast. We're not sure how many we'll just CPD officers we'll, listen. We'll, we'll bleep out the word love, and then yeah. listeners can just <laughs> assume <laughs> yeah, up to interpretation. If we could just every time scarier. love is said in this, just hit bleep. the, hit the bleep. 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 Yeah, I just we, we need to bleep. That, that might be worse. Not going to lie. Oh, Sorry, no. I'm, no, okay. you're good. <laughs> so, um, gosh, I'm, I have so many questions for you thinking about uh, what you do with this. Um, well, if it helps, I can one, talk nonstop. So. Well, the one thing that I did want to ask, and I know <laughs> you, you, you gave us a little glimpse, but obviously with the climate around police yes. right now, like, give me some thoughts on this from, like, your, you yeah. know, your point of view, because, I mean, you're getting... You bleep these people, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but also. But you're getting both but, views. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's not you're not an action. You're not a police officer. No, but no, you're getting I'm not. to see both yeah. civilian life and kind of what they're going through. Yeah, and also if you're listening, um, I have an all year tan. So <laughs> uh, and so that also and that I mean literally that has been a thing that has come up uh, in various places when mm-hmm. uh, people find out like oh so so you so you like. But mm. <laughs> well, you've, um, you've openly shared before that you've experienced the yeah. negative side oh, of, yeah. of if, how people view police. And now you're in a position where you're interacting and showing love and compassion to the same demographic that a lot of people uh, show hate towards. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I think what was it? Like, I, think, I think it was like episode four or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, if you, want to, really if you want the whole story, go back there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's been interesting being part of this this world, right? And yeah. in this uh, weird Venn diagram. And so I think there is a national conversation to be had, not just about policing, but what we think good policing is, mm-hmm. right? What are what are our actual goals? And beyond that, there's a question of legislative priorities, mm-hmm. right? So we have, in you know, the, and this is you know these these stats that I should probably Google before I give them to you. But by and large, we it's pretty easy to find out that the United States imprisons more people than any other country in the world, including mm-hmm. Iran and China, um, and that's not proportionally, like numerically. Right. And yep. so, uh, which is crazy. No, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, again, there's probably some discussion we had about how honest those two countries are being. Re-education mm. camps probably aren't. Uh, <laughs> probably not counted. Right. Um, yeah. And also, in some places, you just die. Yeah. There's, so there's yeah. these well, that's true. You don't go to prison <laughs> if you're dead. <laughs> not usually. No. Um, nope. But we do. We have. We it's have. Uh, we've. Uh, yeah. We've got a lot of people in prison. Um, Still, Excuse traffic me. is horrible. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, that's because you're in the suburbs. Um, that's true. So, um, but you know, so we do have this going on, and so, but these aren't like on the street questions. These are now bigger legislative questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's questions about who we allow to be in the have a voice in who is writing our legislation and laws, and who mm. should be going to prison, and for what. And it's it's you know when you start looking at what crimes are you know like 
you go to, you know, I mean, when you have the 80s and 90s where you're going to get you know, three strikes and you get 25 to life for, you know, dime bag of weed. And now here's the thing. I'm not saying like if, you know, a dime bag of weed's illegal that you should be just like get a pass. But it's like, right. really, is that 25 years worth of stuff, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's uh, there are so many nuanced things to talk about around that. And mm. these are and. You know, I hate to sound like, you know, that that conspiracy guy on the podcast, but there isn't there's a money issue here, right? Because we do have private corporations yeah. and private prisons speaking into who should be going to prison. And, uh, you know, you can Google that all day long. Which is weird that they have stores that inmates can spend cash at some of these, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing, right? <laughs> wow. So, wow, we're making money off these people that can't spend their money anywhere else. Neat. Yeah, and... Never heard of that before. <laughs> well, and, and so, like, yes, that is part of the conversation. When we get back to on-the-street policing, right? It's contextual, right? Yeah. Policing in Columbus, Indiana is different than policing in Chicago or L.A. Mm. or these places where the federal government has said, been like, hey, you know what? You guys got a real problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, one of the things that sometimes I hear is a confusion of the national conversation with my local conversation because people are very aware because the national conversation is televised and it's, in, it's like it sells things, right? Yeah. And so we hear about that a lot. And again, I think that that national conversation is important. Mm -hmm. And um, doing this has like changed and shaped a few things about that for me, but I think it's still a thing that we need to have. And then, but then to also look at, well, locally, what are we doing? And so a lot of times people try to solve the national problem by putting the national problem on their local place, which is not always true. Right. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> <laughs> that's when you get cool parades. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, and here's the thing, uh, you know, I, I was actually out there as a, you know, actually, I was I was told I had to go at uh, <laughs> a former uh, a former place of employment for the day, <laughs> and so you know, go out there and but I get to hang out with you know a couple of my officers who are out there, and they're like, no, this is great. This is yeah. like the thing that's supposed to happen is that people are supposed to be able to say the government needs to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. mm. At the same time, um, you know, the the blank all cop signs. It's like. Uh, I one of my officers love all yeah. cops. Well, that, yeah, love all <laughs> yeah. cops. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I had yeah. one of my officers like point out one of the signs. Leave all cops. I saved her kid last year. Yeah, like I did CPR on her kid last year. And so it's like one of those like. <laughs> so and again, because again, like these yeah. are people in your community, right? Yep. yep. And so in this conversation, in this national conversation about law enforcement and and whatnot, when we think about Columbus, so that's the place where I see the most, mm -hmm. right? Um, there are things that we can do and things that we are doing, right? So like Columbus has a voluntary uh, accreditation. So every police department has to be accredited by the state of Indiana and there's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But then uh, the city of Columbus and the Columbus Police Department have elected to go through what's called the CALEA certification, which I should know what those letters mean, but it's like really long and fancy. <laughs> you All told good. me them once before and I don't remember them either. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It means it's too long. <laughs> it means get a better acronym. <laughs> I mean, the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement Agencies. Mm. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Google. Um, but this is a voluntary international organization that you can join. And so what that means is more oversight. It's uh, questions like every uh, two to four years, kind of depending on a couple of things, mm -hmm. you go through and like you have to have updated policies, which in a lot of agencies, that's that's one of the issues. Yeah. Is that policies haven't been updated since like 1950, right? Mm -hmm. um, what does your training look like? What are your training hour requirements? Are they, you know, and this is not just in the U.S., this is reflective of 
global standards. Mm-hmm. And so this extra accountability and focus on that, and you have, and because it is expensive, uh, there is a real impetus for city council to, to like in the mayor's office be like, are you guys doing this thing? Because we're paying for it, right? Yeah. yeah. And so for the admin to say, we're doing this thing because you're paying for it. And if we don't, right? And yeah. so, and it it's really important to do things like that, right? And, and that's so, probably constantly evolving, isn't it? Like the, the courses and the, the material oh, yeah. is not the same as it was the year before or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Well, yeah, and so like part of this, right? So uh, one of the things I got to do uh, with uh, two, of our, two of the deputies from, from the county and, and two of our officers from the city is I went to um, Lebanon, Plainfield, nope. Um, Somewhere in Indiana. Indy, Indy, like suburb city, and mm-hmm. did uh, uh Crisis intervention training. Mm-hmm. There's too many C's in policing. Um, and, <laughs> no joke. <laughs> and so this is specifically about how do we deal with, it was like it's a 40-hour training. It's really intensive. And basically it's to train law enforcement officers. And then like me, I was just like, I was like, hi, I'm the chaplain. And, you know, I've got some time. I'm hanging out with my, you know, my people here. Uh, but how do you interact with people who are in the middle of a, men- middle of a mental health crisis, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we deal with mental wellness in our community and knowing where those resources are and these sorts of things? And so we initially had four, uh, two officers and two deputies in the county. We recently had a training here in Columbus. The Republic covered that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And we got more officers. I actually got to hear a really cool story re- recently of one of my officers. She showed up at this house. There was this juvenile who was um, in a bad spot and mm-hmm. uh, talking to uh, the custodial guardian afterwards because just following up with some, because uh, like, you know, afterwards they called me and like, hey, they need some resources. Can you call them to follow up on some specific things? And uh, talking to the custodial parent, just how thankful she was that the city had invested in this. Because we were talking about how well this officer had done in dealing uh, with their kid and the way that this officer uh, presented and just was present in that home during this really tense moment with mental wellness with this adolescent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's one of our officers who went through the CIT training, and she was just thrilled that there was somebody who showed up and had some understanding and background. Mm-hmm. And we are having tons of those stories, and this has been a really successful thing. And so this is, when you talk about evolving training and evolving ways of seeing policing, equipping officers to deal with people in crisis um, that is not, is you know, it's not legal. It's just like, I'm off my meds or I'm homeless. And, you know, when we talk about homeless people, homeless, the homeless population generally has mental wellness issues, which yeah. also leads to addiction issues. Right. And you have this whole cycle of things. And so having officers, when they show up, it's like they have a more nuanced understanding and being able to say on scene, like, okay, this is like, how do we talk this person down? Or like, how do we connect them with the resources available in our community well? Right. And, and some of that stuff before may have even been dismissed because it's like, well, we, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, oh, right. hey, I, I'm actually educated. I can forward this person to somebody qualified, but it's just having that list of resources, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's things like that. When we talk about this evolving conversation around policing and training, right? Mm-hmm. So that is one of those areas where there is a growing edge. And so in Columbus, being on that edge and being able to figure out how we do that well and how do we interact with those resource agencies, uh, our mental health and behavioral health clinics, uh, with our hospital and uh, you know healthcare systems, and then also just like trustees and these sorts of things, and knowing what's available in town when we show up, mm-hmm. and someone's like, "I'm an alcoholic for 20 years, and I want I want to be dry." Like I, I've I've been on that call with somebody. Yeah. Uh, it was a guy just he fell over on the side of the road, who? and it was with an officer. Uh, not I wasn't going to say who is the person, but uh, who <laughs> who do you send people in those situations to? Like well, who, what, like hey, I'm listening. 
and I got a real problem. So if you're listening, you have a real problem. So one, um, I mean, I'm not saying you, but like- You, you, can, us. you can assume, I'm on your, I'm on your <laughs> yeah. board, so. Yeah, no, I, just, <laughs> um, well, I was gonna save the big reveal that you're on the board till later, and that's oh, how, like, I know, that's right? the real, real reason I'm on the yeah. podcast well, is I because- the more than anyone. What board? <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah, I strong-armed you into this. Um, <laughs> Skateboard. <laughs> but no, so, I mean, we've got some great resources in town, so I love the ASAP hub, right? Um, it's over there in the United Way building, uh, mm-hmm. over, just, just off central, it's not really off central, but it's like back behind there, and I forget all the street names and uh, but they are a great resource for people who are looking for recovery like they have a it's, it's a clearinghouse for all these meetings and resources and if you're like I need to get into a recovery situation they are helpful in helping you get into recovery even if you don't have insurance at the moment because recovery is so expensive yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know we've we've seen pilot programs across the country it's cheaper to redirect a low-level drug offender who's using uh, to these types of programs where it's rehab than it is to start the incarcer- incarceration cycle with them. Mm-hmm. It's more expensive on the front end, but it's cheaper for us in our ta- as taxpayers yeah. over the long run because they are using less ER services that we wind up paying for. Yep. It's really impo- expensive to incarcerate someone even in a local jail mm-hmm. um, on misdemeanor and low-level felony charges than it is to, like, I mean, so you just, you've got to compound years and years and years of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, but the ASAP Hub is really great at being able to connect people with that, kind of walk through that. Things for families around that, like talking through what are the meetings that are available for your family if you are a person who's got a family member who's in addiction, uh, whether they recognize it or not, how do I get help? Mm-hmm. Um, other things that, you know, I mean, they have Narcan available uh, for people to be able to get. If you have drugs you need to get rid of, they have things you can go in there and pick up at no cost to be able to do that. Um, and they've set up the place. The, the thing that they've done really well at the ASAP Hub is they've set it up in such a way that when you go in there, it doesn't feel clinical. Mm-hmm. It feels like you would go into like any sort of like cafe kind of situation because like one of the first things you have to do in the situation is affirm someone's human dignity, yeah. which so often for addicts or people who are coming aware of like, I've got an issue, to have your dignity affirmed from the time you step into the door is so important, and they do that mm-hmm. so well. And like, it's such a great group over there. I mean, you should you should talk to the ASAP. Hub. I'll reach out so, to them immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no, they're doing great work, and it's that's one of the resources that you know in Columbus and in Bartholomew County we get to re- we get to direct people to. Sweet. Um, and there's a ton of other ones, but that yeah. was the first one that came to mind. How recent is this? Uh, I totally forget the acronym already. ASAP Hub. Yeah. <laughs> How recent is this? Uh, the whole, all the trainings um, <laughs> as soon as possible. Not <laughs> you said that they were like constantly like being revised and everything, but it, yeah. this, this is it's not like explicitly emergent to the last couple years. Has it been just kind of like a slow build up over time? Yeah. So when we think about so as I in, in my interaction, and again, I can't speak to policy because again, I don't work for the department. Sure. Uh, I volunteer yeah, yeah. there uh, and uh, <laughs> and whatnot. So again, like grain of salt, and like a grain is like a pretty solid grain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so these trainings, like, so uh, crisis intervention training, yes. Yeah. Um, this is a thing that's been around for, you know, a few years, right? But mm. we've been seeing it grow. And the thing about um, law enforcement is that it's tied into government. And government is like a, uh, it's, a it's, it's a dinosaur, right? Yeah, if so. you bite its tail, two years later, it'll know that something happened, 
right? Yeah. <laughs> um, because that is both like the bane and the good thing about these things. They move slowly, so that there aren't sudden changes. You don't want sudden changes, right? No. Uh, you don't want you know you know you Major don't want policy. Yeah, you don't want revolution. You want evolution often, you know, yeah. in, in kind of policy and these sorts of things, which is infuriating when you're like, I want it now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I already uh, forgot what I wanted. Yeah. Someone tell me why I'm angry. Yeah. So, oh, so you just walked into parenting right there. Uh, oh, oh no. If you just like let it ride for long enough, your kid will forget what they wanted so you don't actually have to do it. What color is your shirt? And they're like, uh, wait, wait, I'm what? So, Did you, what? Why, 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 why do I feel upset? Yeah, dadding is the original Jedi mind trick. Um, and so. That's what I do with Tristan. Uh, You're mad at something? What? Hey, buddy, here's a, here's a donut. Yeah, donut, donut. Distraction, distraction. Keys. We're not, we're not gonna deal with your actual feelings. Mm. We're gonna distract you and you won't have any problems 20 years from now because you want to do green bar. There's about 20 of them. They're on the stock, but in the back. And, and now I'm at ASAP. Huh? Yeah, you definitely yeah. don't want to give your kid. now I'm at ASAP. <laughs> you definitely don't want to give your kid 20 neutral green bars, especially if they're in diapers. Oh, um, no. So. Only if they're wearing Brakes. diapers. No. But You'd have to put me in diapers. <laughs> I don't. Why would. You know what? I got so many questions. I've decided I don't want any of the answers. So Don't blame me. Um, nope. This episode's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they all about you at the heart of this? That's why I made a company. Yeah, I, I know. I hired friends. more things about me. <laughs> These are all paid friends. I mean, sorry. Uh, again, the office. There you go. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> saying. There's an office <laughs> thing in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Uh, yeah. So anyway, so like this crisis, it's it's uh, it's not new, but it's been like so as it's happened, departments have seen success, and so it's been one of these things that once officers buy into it, they tell other officers. It's one of those hmm. you tell a friend, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, which is a callback to a phone commercial from a company that doesn't exist anymore back in the 1900s, which, you know, I don't think any of you were alive for. Uh, just the scary. last eight years of it. <laughs> oh, I'm so old. Uh, MCI, by the way. Uh, and oh, gosh. So, yeah. Um, I think we can give, give them a free plug because they don't exist, right? Yeah, yeah. MCI. They're official sponsor. We don't know you, but if you go back in time, get your long-distance service to <laughs> Um, Amazing. But, uh, and then we think about like crisis, uh, <laughs> critical uh, incident stress management. Yeah. Um, which is CISM, which is, the, again, this is evidence based thing that shows up in the 80s, right? Is when we first see it, which is basically first responders, uh, they have a really high suicide rate. Um, we, uh, we lose some years uh, as many officers to, um, to, to self inflicted death uh, than we do to, uh, you know, being shot on traffic stops and in, in you know in the streets, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. it, and it's wow. because of everything they take in. And so we talk about CISM, uh, which is this again. This is really cool thing that the state of Indiana has said. This is covered in statute where officers can show up in a group, debrief this incident, and it's covered by statute and it's protected from you know these kinds of things. Because what we realized is that cops were eating their guns, and firefighters were killing themselves, and um, EMTs and paramedics. Because I haven't heard eating your gun before. That's that was that yeah. Yeah, that's a new expression to me. Yeah, it's probably not one you're gonna want to use every day. No, no. I was no, really yeah. confused when you first said it, Sorry. and now I get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry to derail. I was like, you need really need to explain what you're about to say because as he's talking about 
this very <laughs> like he's you know, lost real, on that one phrase he said. Like, he goes, he goes <laughs> <laughs> too many. Uh, sorry, I just I couldn't follow the uh, analogy. It took me a minute. No, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. No, no, no. I'm glad you caught. I'm glad you caught. Yeah, which start first? Them first. So, um, <laughs> oh, no. But because we're losing so many people to this, right? Yeah, and, and have been historically, and not just, and you know, uh, this doesn't include you know the alcoholism and these sorts of things. Um, there starts this movement to have these um, evidence-based debriefs. And again, this starts in the 80s, uh, specifically for first responders. And what we see is that when we do these debriefs in this very specific methodology, you reduce PTSD and you see mm. long, like keeping responders in service. Now, it's not therapy, but it allows for people who are trained, such as myself and some other officers and therapists that, that do this, to catch these officers or these EMTs or these firefighters or these... Um, you know, um, Department of Natural Resources officers, the game wardens, or whoever else is there on scene to be like, oh, so that's a thing that we're going to need to talk about. Or to basically, when a group kind of cathartically is able to say this is what happened and goes through this process, it fills in a lot of the blank spots, which is where we know that a lot of these PTSD things start to come from. And mm -hmm. being able to sit down with someone and say, like, here's what you saw. It was that's not a thing a human being is supposed to see. Yeah. Um, yep. Which yep. is what we pay first responders for, and we don't talk about it. Yeah. It's a really hard job. But hasn't it been working for years? Sorry, what? Just ignoring the problem. I mean, yeah. if by working you mean that we are burning through people at an incredible rate, yeah. um, we are ruining lives, like divorce rates are through. The, yeah, yeah, it's totally working. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the point. Like, that's why it's so important. Yeah. And it's, again, so for me, like at CPD, I've got these officers who I, like, I, again, you know, I, I blink them. I love them, right? Yeah, blank um, them. And, uh, you know, I'm even starting to find a bunch of deputies that I even really like over oh, there at County, which wow. is, uh, it's a fun little, like, Northeast rivalry a little bit. Um, <laughs> they get on pretty fine. Um, we're jealous of their trucks, if we're really honest. Uh, is, that, is, that, <laughs> is that another analogy? Trucks. I don't understand. No, no, no. No, no. They, 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 no. <laughs> they have Dodge Rams over there. Uh, and so... A lot, of the, a lot of the city guys are like, I would like a Dodge Ram for my <laughs> patrol car. Uh, <laughs> well, they got you guys rolling in. Uh, so uh, CPD is, is making the tradition to, uh, to tra tradition, tra transition to uh, Ford Explorers. Uh, okay. Some, not a Crown Vic, so no, we're uh, moving up. Oh, Crown Vic's have been crown, gone for a while, right? Uh, in here, but like there are, I mean. There's counties that still use them. I mean, IMPD still is rolling Crown Vic's. Yeah, uh, well, that's true. That's true. And. Uh, uh, County enough. If you uh, if you talk to any officer who ever drove a Crown Vic, they love those things. Really? Oh, all of them are like, oh, I would take a Crown Vic in a heartbeat. So, oh, had no idea. Yeah. Um, Insider knowledge. Yeah. I mean, they have the turning ra turning radius of like a, an oil tanker, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's it's doing these kinds of things to help them because yeah. again, it's just one. I mean, it's just from a practical taxpayer standpoint, is so expensive to replace a five-year officer. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's not just replacing the sat, like if, if a five-year officer walks away or quits or whatever and moves on to another job, 
it's not just like filling a spot mm-hmm. because you have to put someone through ILEA, which is the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy. Um, and even if you find someone who's a transfer, then you're now dealing with like what it takes to e- equip them, uh, what it takes to like train them, and all the specialties, especially in a, a department our size. We're, we're like a large, small, small, medium kind of department, like right there, right? And so, you know, if they're a SWAT officer, if they're detectives, they're polygraph trained, they're a detective, uh, they do, uh, you know, these sorts of things, it's so expensive to train someone up in all those specialties. Yeah. And so these are the kinds of things that help retain officers long-term, um, is to have mm. people available for them to resource and to also just like, hey, you look like you're having a bad day, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And just being able to walk through that and talk it out. Um, I've had um, a lot of conversations that I won't share here, clearly. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, with officers, uh, the thing that I, that I tell people often, they're like, so why do you want to be a full-time chaplain? Which is like a thing that I want. Like I want to be a career chaplain. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that when I go to hang around my officers, whether it's like just, you know, sometimes I'll just pop by, by the police department because uh, – it's right down the street from where I work now. <laughs> After work, I'll just go by and be like, who's there? Um, or when I'm writing or there's meetings or whatever, I've got stuff going on, is in three years, three and a half years, because it took about six months to build some credibility, in three and a half years, anytime I've showed up, I've not had what I would call a critical conversation, which is there's an officer who has either something they've seen, something that's going on in their life, or these sorts of things that they need someone to like dump it on. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't mean that in like this negative way. They just need like, here's the thing I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And like, am I crazy? Or like, what do I do with this? And to like, hear it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, and that's just like the day to day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side of that is like, I, you know, I get to be part of their lives in lots of really great ways. Um, my favorite, some of my favorite weddings are cop weddings. Um, I just did one back in uh, December. It was fantastic. What do you mean you did a cop wedding? I, I performed it. I got to ah. say, do you? Do you? You do. And so <laughs> you were the guy, the important guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm the most important guy. I mean, it wouldn't happen. You guys have been at the weddings I've done. You, you, you've. I mean, some of the best <laughs> filming that's been yeah. done at weddings has been yeah. done by Triflex. <laughs> a couple. <laughs> and. Um, I am the most important person at the wedding because uh, everyone's listening to me talk most of the time. Those, true. Two, those two don't say anything hardly. Yeah. And they just repeat after me most of the time. Uh, <laughs> Do you have a, 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 a moment me. that stands out as like, I, I just, I'm just i derailing, but no, what, okay. what the wedding thing? I, I, like, I mean, you've done enough that you've probably, we've talked about like some of the, the wild. Yeah, I mean, so uh, <laughs> one of the most memorable ones is my first one, uh, <laughs> my, first, my first wedding uh, because the maid of honor uh, forgot the ring. Uh, and so we uh, used uh, one of the bridesmaids had like a bubble, uh, like a gumball machine ring. Yeah. And so we used that for the, <laughs> the ring for the first like 20 minutes of the marriage. Um, like somebody just had one of those rings sitting around. They're like, oh, I, you know. It's just like, she, she brought it just in case. Up. I think she was like 20 or 19. And so it was just like a, it was like a laugh for her. But then yeah. it was like super critical. So <laughs> small things in life can sometimes guess, become yeah. the most important. And I think for 
like as far as wedding days, like a lot of wedding days are really great. Um, one of my favorite things to do, especially with my officers, and I've gotten to do it with some people that uh, whose weddings have done, and other who's had other people do their wedding do their weddings, mm-hmm. is like just talking through premarital counseling um, and yeah. walking through like, hey, what are the things that are coming up and, and whatnot. Um, and you know, because I think Luke Herb did yours. Ah, uh, yeah, Luke Herb. Yeah, Luke Herb. Yeah, Herb Shout who's got a ton of mentions on your podcast, or at least a very extended one in one episode. And I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to bring it up. Guy to get on here. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, Busy boy. As much yeah. as you guys love to talk about, Luke was responsible for. I think it was forty nine percent of your your marriage or whatever. Um, I like to say that I've been on the podcast twice, so I am meeting Luke the other fifty one. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to meet this guy at some point too. So yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a blast. Yeah. So, uh, not but anyway, fun, not as fun as John. I mean, no. who is as fun as John? Yeah. 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 He said something nice and it threw me off. I was like, what, what do I do with that? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> he does a, he does I'll a, be the only one. Yeah, oh, the compliments, God. man. Those are weird. But anyway, so, um, but like, you mean getting to be part of that process and like even just hearing the stories of how they, you know, found each other and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the stuff that I, I love to do in chaplaincy, mm. which is just like that kind of like side gig. Now, chaplaincy itself is agnostic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily Christian or Muslim or whatever. Some chaplains have kind of religious sort of backgrounds. I happen to, um, but one of not a requirement. Not a requirement. Um, okay, sometimes okay. people are therapists or, or whatever. Uh, and one of the things that my officers know is like most of them know that at, you know I was a pastor at one point, and mm-hmm. uh, but they also, I mean. I'm pretty aware that I'm not going to like get in the car and be like, let me talk to you about the Bible. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no you way to make it weird in your back pocket <laughs> for every situation. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I, I wish I were that good, but I'm not. <laughs> um, I like the foghorn leghorn thing going on, too. Well, I've, I've got all sorts of various pastor voices, like depending on who I need to make fun of. Um, <laughs> I usually use my own voice because I'm usually making fun of me. So, but it's, you know, you just get in and you bring your experience with you to whatever is going on. So, yeah. yeah. So, what about you? What about me? Like, you've probably seen things, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, I've got a therapist. (laughs) Yeah, like, I was sitting here thinking about it, like, this this whole thing has to be kind of an endless circle of, like, helping each other because... Mm. Yeah. You know, gosh, who's the, who's I the just, therapist? Talk to the therapist. I could not therapist. imagine. Like, right. <laughs> no, I mean, therapist, it's, it, therapist. No, I mean that's a real. That's, yeah. It's like a real thing, right? And so I'm like, a, I'm in a couple of, uh, you know, I started one. I'm in a couple of different groups, like online Facebook groups, uh, where chaplains talk to each other. Okay. Uh, I'm a member of the uh, International Conference of Police Chaplains uh, with my basic credentialing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so. Um, and so those mm. like so relationships with other chaplains, and then like seriously like I, and, and I'm pretty pretty open with all my officers that I do have a therapist, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, not just because of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bring my own anxiety to the table as well. Um, well, at the base of it, we're all human, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. because mm-hmm. I uh, the way that sometimes I you know I was talking to was we were looking over because I mean I think the big reveal here at some point is I'm going to talk about like this thing that I'm starting. Yes. Uh, Whoa. But what? so but i mean when i was talking to the board and putting like a budget in front of them and there's a couple things in there and it's like the thing that i want you to know is that i'm co-traumatized with my officers Mm. because i go to the same car accidents and uh you know i sit like i go to these scenes and uh there's you know the, some of the things that you've read in the paper, if you, you know, yeah. or, yeah. you know, like I say in the paper or online in the Republic before the paywall yeah. went up. Um, 
Uh, uh, I know. I'm, listen, you got to make money in local media now, but uh, keep making the paper and we, smaller. And everything. Yeah, which is, leaves room open for local corruption. It's a whole thing. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge. I'm a huge. I'm not saying there's local corruption. I'm just saying that like the local paper is like so much, so much more important than most people recognize. Uh, yeah. Like uh, reliable local media that has a, a broad platform is so important to accountability for uh, local government, and that's a, a thing I'm a huge fan of. Anyway, the next door app. Also, yeah. ours got bought out by Chicago. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. It got bought by Chicago. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, there's like four or five major media outlets who are buying up local papers, but that's a whole separate podcast we can oh do. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so these things that you read about in the paper are so, so tragic and so terrible. Mm-hmm. Like in the background of that, uh, a lot of times you'll like you don't see it because we don't we're not people is the way that I like to put it. Um, but myself and the mm. other chaplains are there. Um, yep. And so like if you think back over the past like twelve months even twelve eighteen months, uh, some of the most tragic moments in this community, one of us have been there mm-hmm. alongside officers as things are happening, and that's. You know, our role is not like investigations, it's not policing, it's not these sorts of things. We are there to be with the family and to help the helpers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, so in that moment, you know, you, you know, the convenient thing, like I'm a dude, I just put my, I just put everything that's like my stuff in the nothing box for a while box. and then deal with, you know, the, the other people who put their stuff in the nothing box and be like, no, give me your nothing box. Let's like, yeah. let's, what's going on? How are you doing right now? And then following up with them, right? And then sometimes assisting in, in various aspects of that. Um, but then later, it's like I need to get in my own nothing box because I love my wife and I love my kid and I, like, you know, want to be like decent around other people and yeah, so yeah. not yeah. so yeah. So I, I might be quoting you. You might have told me this, Uh-oh. but like the general trend of like what I'm kind of seeing between between like all of this and what you've kind of been interacting with is remembering the human behind like every person that you're interacting with, whether it's like someone like working behind a counter or like the the person you try to apprehend or the cop or whatever yeah. there's a human there and yeah. you need to understand like what's going on and all these other things that are causing these actions to happen and it's really like critical to like <laughs> identify and also help in the right ways and how to address those things absolutely like every human being has a story yeah and very rarely do people like are, are people the villain in their own story and so um like, I, mean, I would I, love an exception. I, I mean, <laughs> there are rare occasions. Um, I'm sure, you know, because you want to say never, but then you're like, yeah, I'm, like I'm sure somebody out there is Somebody's like, like, I'm really, like, if you can't be number one, let's just aim for the bottom. Let's just be, let's <laughs> just, you know. It's, it's the whole Dr. Horrible sing-along blog situation. Just trying to cram in as many pop culture references as possible in this mm, podcast. Um, but yeah, there's a story everywhere. And yeah. even in, yeah, and so just recognizing and remembering that. And then... Also, in the midst of all of that, um, those stories don't excuse the terrible things that human beings sometimes do to yeah. one another. And it's the other side, like there, is, there is this really difficult tension for um, more so for people in law enforcement than even the other agencies. Because like you know, a fire truck shows up, everyone's a huge fan, right? Like, oh yeah. yeah. The old joke is like, what's the difference between a firefighter and a cop? Everyone's excited when a firefighter shows up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, you know, yeah. if EMTs, like, you know, one of the things that they get to do or, like, that is helpful for them is they, like, they are part of, like, physically rescuing somebody a lot of times. And so mm. with that comes a lot of other specific things. But then but then cops show up and it's, like, they see the work. I mean, daily, 
they very rarely see people at their best. Nobody mm. starts sweating when they see a firefighter. No, no. no like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it depends on like how close you are to the fire. Or there's that too. The twelve month uh, calendar out, and you're like, Ooh. Uh, listen, uh, I. <laughs> I have no opinions on. I, yeah, I don't want to engage the fireman. <laughs> We're not here to talk about firefighters, all right. Listen, We're here to talk about. I don't know John that Fred Budnick needs to be in a, a you know a, a, in a calendar for firefighters. Um, it would be him with a fishing pole <laughs> hanging out, like fully clothed in a flannel. That's what that yeah. firefighter you know what? would be. I'm going to say it officially. If Triflex ever had the option to to do any sort of public service calendars i think that would be awesome <laughs> firefighters <laughs> just any any public service if they want a calendar hit us up reach out i want to i, I want to uh, be a part of making this. hey we could get like this all, the chaplains. <laughs> all the chaplains like no, the chaplain I calendar dude uh, i just want to i'm the youngest chaplain in the county so <laughs> i.e the most attractive right yeah, uh, yes no, you 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 be the reason we'd sell these calendars. No, um, you we can work on the trusted table. We'll, we'll come back. We'll come back. <laughs> if there was ever a thing that I wanted edited out of a podcast, it would be it just this, be this, this part. Right here. Just like, I am so red right now. You just can't tell. So, there's a difference. There's a, there's a difference uh, between how excited people see uh, certain law yeah. yeah, serving the public. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so all this My clearly goodness. is a thing I care about. Maybe not so much the calendars. Hopefully no one knows what I'm talking about because you did cut that out. You did not cut that out. Nope. And nope. <laughs> it'll be the highlight. We'll be honest with you. That'll be the real. Uh, yeah. be the so, first clip that comes out. So one of the things that I... <laughs> Sorry, the teaser clip. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so so what month on the calendar are you? So congratulations on, on. Like finally, uh, finally hitting a point where I... Uh, I've never, seen, speechless. I've yeah. never yeah. seen you embarrassed before, I know, so this right? is quite amusing to me. I, just, I, I don't know why, but I feel good about myself. <laughs> We're good hosts. We are good I feel bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys, I mean, collectively, the Terry Gross of Columbus, here. Indiana. There you go. Um, <laughs> which is high praise, because I, uh, I do love some fresh air. Um... Mm. Uh, we're a big NPR family. I'm not going to lie to you. We do have the NPR tote bag. So oh, if, tra if Triflix ever does a tote bag, I will gladly rock your tote bag at the farmer's market, just so you know. We'll have tote bags in our metaverse section <laughs> that you yeah. can carry around our virtual store. Yep, right next to the calendars. <laughs> the uh, NFT, NFT calendar. Yeah. There we go. Uh, there dude. we go. I mean, he did sign the paper. We could probably use your likeness on an NFT. Oh, dude, yeah. Just a uh, deep fake. Just, yeah. Oh, that's... Uh, that's throw his face. We could do video no, calendars. this face is not going to sell much of anything. So <laughs> We'll make it work. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. It's, You're humble. You're very humble. Well, yes. thank you. Um, so... <laughs> You're anyway, too kind. So this, is, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is me pivoting to... So I got I'm you. really yes. passionate about this Do you get to carry thing. a gun? I do not. Uh, uh, no gun. So, no, there is no gun. Are you uh, provided a gun or are you told not to have a gun? I, I am not provided a firearm. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, no, I don't carry a gun. So, for okay. a couple of reasons. Uh, so, you know, some departments have different rules or whatever and, and whatnot. So, uh, in Columbus, chaplains don't carry, um, and there's lots of great reasons for that. Totally fine with that. <laughs> I'm with people who carry guns, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, generally speaking, I don't uh, find myself on a ride in a situation that's, uh, I mean, the most lethal situation for a chaplain statistically is actually domestic uh, disturbance, because everyone's like, hey, go get a religious guy, or you know, someone like that in here. That is not usually going to calm the situation down. Yep. Um, yeah, like, there's a great firefly quote out. about that. Um, but, <laughs> right. um, and so no, I don't carry. Uh, 
uh, I mean, I do shoot, and uh, like I've done like the uh, you know uh, I qualified uh, earlier this year on the course. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. But uh, basically, yeah, that meant feels that, good though. I mean, it does. It does. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you uh, do you get a vest? Like a, 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 <laughs> a good you don't get shot at. <laughs> Fun story. SWAT year. I yeah. do not. Um, so, uh, I'm not a fan of that. So I like hope no criminals are listening. Uh, I mean, <laughs> don't go for the I'm generally the biggest target out there anyway, so probably. Oh, unless, buddy. Uh, Come on, buddy. Uh, that's all right. Because he's got the shiniest smile. Look at him. He's, just, he's always so happy, positive. Well, something like that. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't, I, don't, I don't get a vest. I, uh, I, I, have a, I have a pretty cool bag that I put together of stuff that's like stuffed okay. animals and like flashlights and tourniquets and why the animals it's a weird okay. mix uh, it seems unique children uh, yeah children yeah. so when you show up at like a like a death scene <laughs> or <laughs> car accident or something like that uh, little kids and surprisingly even kids up to like 12 or 13 mm -hmm. um, a lot of times like handing like w one of the things I'll do like uh, I was on a car accident on US 31 it was first shift and we get there and there are, there are three kids in the car two mm -hmm. are like probably about six and ten and so they are clearly distraught. It's a traumatic event being in a car accident, especially if you're a little kid. Like yeah. everything in your world's just been shattered, and like yeah. glass is shattered all over. Right? right. And so my officers are kind of working the scene. They're like, you know, doing their their stuff, getting the information. And so I go to the car that uh, with the guy I'm riding with, who incidentally was the guy who got me into this whole thing to begin with. Okay. And so out of the car, <laughs> you know, I grab these two two stuffed animals and I was carrying with them because I generally carry about three or four with me at a time. Um, and so I was like, hey, uh, you know, to because the the youngest at the time was you know. Like clinging on to, to mom, and so I went to the the, the the you know the middle one who was distraught and just kind of like you know walking around and just in her own space. And I was like, "Hey, this is my buddy Todd. Could you could you take care of Todd for me?" And this little girl like grabbed Todd, uh, which <laughs> which is like a weird name to pick for like a stuffed bear, <laughs> but like it was the name that came to me in that moment. And it's like Todd is like hers, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, Todd just needs a good friend. Can you take care of Todd for me? Um, well, I go talk to some other people, and I'll be back to check on you and Todd in a little bit. And she's like, I can, I can take care of Todd. And like, she's like, like, it's like she's like at this point, like she she got from behind, like, you know, like that, yeah. like courageous mm. kid, like I can do this, right? So I can just, picture it's making me misty thinking about yeah. it. That's awesome. And so then I, you know, the other one is like, like I mean, like you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the like the you know the, the National Geographic where you've got like the little little baby chimpanzee like gripping on a mom, like it's that sort of. I mean, your dad, you've got that. Like, I so, know. And I know. so I, uh, I go up to her. I was like, "Hey, uh, this is my this is my I think it was like Bob. It was like some other like generic American name." And I was like, "Todd, this is Bob, Bob, Todd, and Bob." Was like, hey. <laughs> I can't think of anything more than three letters. <laughs> right. uh, Todd has four. Thank you. Well, Don't that's okay. I mean, it's usually it? two D's. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I, I guess it's I'm learning good. so much on this episode about things that yeah. are very yeah, relevant. Well, is what I bring to you. So. <laughs> But like you know, same situation. Like, hey, can you? T and like again, so what this does is this frees up like mom to like begin to like insurance information, the next kind of things. And then like you know, as I'm sitting there on the side of the road talking to these two kids, and like as they're getting ready to leave, um, the one I gave Todd to comes up. He's like, "Do you want?" Todd? I was like, "No, no, no. I think Todd's happier with you. Todd, are you happier with her?" And and I was like, "Oh yeah, Todd's totally happier with you." And and like. It was at that point she lost it, right? Yeah. She's like, thank you so much. And then, like, well, but, like, so, like, yeah, that's, like, the stuff they carry. Um, that's awesome. Winter's emergency yeah. blankets as well, because, uh, like, when we run into, to, like, the homeless population or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, it's basically just stuff also to kind of, um, you know, do that kind of thing. Like, you know, at some point, if you ever want to do, like, a, a, I, can, I can bring the bag in. We can, like, do the whole thing. You can see everything that's in there. Um, but... Uh, 
but yeah, so yeah, that facilitates your job. Yeah, yeah. No, but that, I don't get a vest. Is the long answer to that? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay, gun vest. Um, one of the other questions we had. I think this was mine. <laughs> is, uh, I'm glad you owned it. Is, I'm, I'm going to. Um, is is scared straight? Is that a real thing? So okay. So I don't. I'm not a jail chaplain. Uh, oh, so there's a, also a there's jail a whole, tra- chaplain. Oh, yeah. So there are chaplains who it's work. It's like a whole specific. underground community. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's mutual respect between the jail chaplains and the street chaplains. But you know, we got a we got a different game going on over on the street. So. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, so jail chaplains again. Their, their focus is on um, the incarcerated, and then okay. also the like the jail deputies in mm-hmm. like the county, right? Okay. And so they provide services and are available for them. And uh, but a lot of what they do is kind of that restorative work in the jail and and like helping uh, bridge services and being kind of that thing there, right? And so. But scared straight, statistically, we know, does not work for lots of reasons. Um, the so what is the thing they still do? I don't know if they still do it. Okay, uh, I'm Probably assuming not. someone out there is trying to do it. Uh, <laughs> there was an episode of season in season one of the Rookie uh, about this. I think yeah, it was season one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big Nathan Fillion fan, and so <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean the show's gone off the rails since then. But whatever. Anyway, the point is, is that like the adolescent brain does not respond to fear in the way that an adult brain does. It's because the prefrontal cortex isn't fully uh, developed and these kinds of things. This is youth ministry coming out. Yeah. And so <laughs> you cannot like if you show an adolescent a picture of someone who who is scared, uh, they won't read it. Almost 100 percent of the time, they read it as anger. Um, okay. that's, that's what they've experienced. Be- well, it's because fear is a really nuanced emotion. Um, to read on somebody else, yeah, and True. there's all these fascinating things as to why that is in neurology and in, in like neuroscience. Um, and then the other thing is they just don't respond to like you can't scare adolescents into things. So like they like you can't, um, you can't. You I mean you can add education, but there's a whole like a, there's a ton that goes into getting an adolescent brain to make better choices, and it's a lot of effort, and it takes a long time, and it's not a one-off, right? Mm. It's it's mostly relational, actually. Hmm. And so Scared Straight is, and again, mostly what kids find out is like, you go to jail, and for a day, someone screams at you, and makes some vague threats that, you know, you're, they're not gonna follow through on because they yeah. can't, and then you go <laughs> home, and it's like, that wasn't so bad. Um, which is also part of the reason why, um, like, uh, the, JDAI, which uh, I'm supposed to remember all the letters for, but I don't off the top of my head exist. And so basically what we know is if a kid spends one night in detention, they statistically are so much more likely to be in prison years later. In fact, uh, juvenile detention is sometimes called the uh, prison superhighway. It's one of the best really? predictors of going to prison. So trying to avoid keeping getting kids in detention, um, because anytime you introduce a kid to the system, basically you normalize it. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, it's wow. a thing that people have done. It's not got a great success rate. What's better is maybe better education opportunities, uh, opportunities for adults to mentor, and then poverty a lot of times, like inter- poverty interventions, kind of figuring out that situation, working on that, mm-hmm. um, and creating opportunities for mom and dad to do better. Um, also dealing with addiction and that sort of thing. So if you want like something that's good, again, because it's not about a heroic moment, it's about a long-term empathetic movement towards the student. Right, which is why we need more adults to actively care about adolescents and children in a healthy way. So, yeah. I'm really glad I asked the question. That was, a, <laughs> that was a great answer. So now you know, as a parent, the best thing to keep your kids out of jail. 
<laughs> right. Don't let them go to detention. And Don't. basically, just be present as a father, man. That's I mean, it's, it's hard being a dad. It and is, like, yes. I only got a five year old and about to be six. He's pretty cool, Beowulf, which is not his real name, but it should be. <laughs> Nickname. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll work it in there somehow, right? I'm, yeah. I mean, it's, you're gonna make it happen. We'll have him on here and we'll call him Beowulf. Yeah, I mean, he will have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, oh, that's okay. Uh, I've tried. I've tried to introduce it to him, and I, I can't wait for us to read the Be- Beowulf epic. I think I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna try and hold off until like second grade. I don't know if I'm gonna make it that long. Mm. So I get it. Uh, <laughs> with the full thing to sink in. Yeah, just, mm. I get it. I get it. <laughs> So it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, wow. yeah. So we've so. talked plenty, I believe, about the chaplain. Uh, yeah. Thank you, by the way. That's yeah. great information. Seriously, it's been an, an enlightening journey. I've, I've enjoyed the journey because because well. you are correct. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know all the the answers or yeah. I really know all the problems. Yeah. So it's. Uh, Thank you for sharing. So, no, I mean, for, school taught me just as much about taxes as it did teach me about what you do. So, I, I know, right? I bet a lot of people don't know either. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, you should get your W twos if you haven't gotten those yet. If you're watching this, because your taxes are due by April fifteenth. Okay. okay. Yes. 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 Nice. Yes. <laughs> or David's still waiting on his ten ninety nine. Oh, I'm putting the heat on Tristan. Uh, I'm putting it on my CPA. She's it, and she's putting it on the mail. Just, just next person in line. Next right? one, man. Yeah. That's next how one. It works. This is a familiar thing. So, <laughs> next one. Good segue. Next thing. So, the big thing that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. I really don't know anything about this. <laughs> other than I thought it was best to leave him in the dark so we could ask as many yeah. good questions other as than, possible. No, 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 the only great. issue is I I don't know why you picked this man to be on your board because I wanted to be on this podcast. <laughs> but this is the long game. You right? can just yeah. ask me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'm fired. I, <laughs> I can't even fire you anymore. I'm not like so. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So um. So what are you doing, man? So I uh, I am. The founder, and then no longer on the board of uh, the Foundation for Law Enforcement Chaplaincy. It's uh, we're in the process. <laughs> <laughs> what an intro! Uh, I know, right? Um, so, uh, uh, but I put together a board, basically uh, this organization, Foundation for Law Enforcement Chaplaincy. Uh, mm-hmm. Tristan's on the board, uh, and I picked him for lots of great reasons. He's a great, connected person, and he's uh, he asks a lot of great questions. Yes. He I brings kid, a lot of organizational talents to it. Uh, he introduced us all to Trello the other day at our board meeting. It's amazing, and yeah, I'm like, proud of you, Tristan. So he's come a long way. He's he has. Like, I've known Tristan since, like, what was it, your sophomore year of college, something like that? Uh, Yeah, I would have, I think we'd probably been around 20 at the time. Yeah. Give or take a year. Yeah, and so, no. No, it would have been younger, because I had my first drink with, uh, or second drink, with uh, the (laughs) small group. He doesn't remember. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. there's a lot more drinks since. So, I I would have been 20. (laughs) It's been a long time together. You You mean 21. You were 21 when that happened, right? Yes. Okay. The second drink. (laughs) The first one was in France. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, so there you go. You're good. Oh, I've always been legal. France is basically just water, yeah. right? Police-centric uh, <laughs> podcast. Always <laughs> been legal. Was I, did I, yeah. was I, was I party to something that wasn't supposed to be? Uh, no. Um, no. Incriminating. But no, no, yeah. Tristan, you, you, you've grown up immensely. Like, I am so proud of who you are. No, seriously, like, uh, like, the development over time and just seeing you like live out like a passion and a vision and like mm. getting to see that happen and and occasionally being able to like poke in and be like oh that's really cool Thanks, uh, man. like it's been really cool to see like it has been um, a thing to yeah no it's great 
Like, yeah. And honestly, well, so we we appreciate your pokes because yeah. it's it's always fun whenever uh, John, Bud. Bun, dick. oh my goodness, yeah. gets it. Yeah, gets to stop by and um, one day, buddy, one day. you'll figure it out. I'm from I'm from the, the Midwest where we say fur. <laughs> you about to say yeah. I'm from the South. Yeah. Like, well, Can we, we say drown? Drown? Yeah, usually say drowned. Like drowned. Even, yeah, it's like I drowned. You know what? Saw, many, hey, saw, hey, you know what? Ignore the haters. How many Kroger's <laughs> do you? I seen Kroger's. that. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> my dad does that. I'm going to Kroger's. Just adds an S to everything. What kind of cloth do you use to clean yourself? A towel. <laughs> a washcloth. I use a washcloth. Sorry, washcloth. Anyway, we could go down the whole list of but Midwestern terms. The, but the compliment. Yeah. But uh, tell us, tell so, us more about the board. And, yeah, and, the board, and why you're not on it. <laughs> yeah. So, why'd you make a board to not be on the board? Yeah, so, man. Okay, so created the organization, did all the paperwork with the IRS and these sorts of things, and basically uh, the Foundation for Law Enforcement Chaplaincy, or FLEC for short, um, exists basically to support uh, chaplaincy in law enforcement and first responding agencies, and then directly to provide direct services for uh, first responders. And... Um, you know, centric around law enforcement because that's where my personal passion is. Yep. Um, to the bane of my firefighter father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, so created this thing, found a bunch of like really high quality people to sit on the board, and what I need for my board and uh, is is what I can't do, which is I need people who care about the work. Who don't really want to be like doing the work, and like by that I mean not in like some sort of like derogatory sense, but like they're interested in supporting the work by finding people who are uh, invested, like either like you know are willing to invest in like finance financially, um, willing to invest time, willing to invest like opportunities, that sort of thing, um, and to kind of expand that out beyond like this is a thing that John Bundick's super passionate about, right? And so um, they don't need me to do that. What they need me to do is to like do chaplaincy stuff and do some day-to-day -day yeah. kind of like things. So, mm -hmm. um, but you know, uh, I think on LinkedIn, I'm going to put founder on my LinkedIn profile. There you go. It sounds better than like former board member. Um, <laughs> True. But I mean, also <laughs> like, uh, it's not that you weren't passionate about it from what I understood. It had a lot to do with like, it's the paperwork gets more confusing and more difficult. Yeah, there's that too. When you, when you run a business, there's like uh, the difference between being a member and an owner and a founder and all that makes a difference to the IRS. And sometimes it's best just to like do what's simple for the IRS so you don't have to deal with it. Yeah, my only IRS thing I was gonna talk about because I know that the NSA is listening to us right now all is uh, was just to be like, hey, get your W-2s and your taxes in because I don't want the, I don't, I don't want to upset that, uh, that Apple cart too much. Yeah. Because we're still in the process of getting our, 501c3 status, um, and uh, uh, I have no reason to think that we're not going to get it. Uh, <laughs> Might as well make it as <laughs> until soon as this gets released. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, hear that I mean, they basically said that you're, 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 you could probably start doing all the charity stuff, right? Well, they actually did. So, um, and uh, there's a because the way the IRS works with not-for-profits is once you've applied, uh, you can operate as a not-for-profit for up to 27 months, yeah. uh, which allows wow. you to do things like start bank accounts and these kinds of things and start collecting money. The only thing I have to tell people is like, hey, um, at the end of the year, if we've not gotten status yet, it won't be tax deductible, but we also don't go to jail for like, you know, saying, can you give us money mm -hmm. um, and, and misrepresentation or whatever. And so... Uh, that's nice. Yeah, no, it is really nice. <laughs> and so we... Um, that's where we're at right now is and we're in that process. Okay, and, cool. And, you know, one of the goals right now 
again for the the board um, separate from me and, and then unless I heard that they're still on board with this is uh, like I said I would love to transition to career chaplaincy which is basically my my life would be uh, you know 36 to 60 hours a week depending on the week and depending on the situation mm-hmm. um, with my officers on the street like also bridging that gap between community organizations because again my officers and deputies and firefighters like they all have their specialties and what I got to do in Columbus for so long is build this network of people who are not for profits right and so whether that's United Way um, it's the ASAP hub uh, it's like community downtown that you know community church Columbus runs shout out Scott Hunley yes Scott Hunley yeah Um, I mean like Scott Hunley doesn't love that guy oh my gosh yes yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and like, or whatever it is. Um, so it's, it's like uh, last winter, right? We had that cold snap come through. And, mm-hmm. you know, the thing I got to do was say, hey, why don't we, look, I'll just ask. And when I asked people for hats, gloves, coats, blankets, and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. we actually got so much at my house, people dropped off um, from like one single Facebook post um, because people in Columbus genuinely care about doing good things. Well, we have a very generous community here is that we had we were able to share with other agencies and and that sort of thing and so being able to make those kinds of connections and, and whatnot is like that's what i would do with like uh you know that time um continue some training and and, and these sorts of things and this would allow me i think to serve our community better mm-hmm. um and so the way that we've kind of set this up is that and you know i've talked with the mayor's office talked with uh the admin over at cpd and they're on board with this is that basically um I'm trying to grant write, grant write and fundraise our way into full-time chaplaincy for myself and then trying to reproduce this at other agencies in our, our community hmm. um, because it is so important for our officers and our first responders to have reliable people that they know and trust to be able to direct them towards good and solid resources and to be a resource themselves. Yeah. And wow. it's a very specific thing that I do, um, but it's a thing that I love and I think I'm good at it, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, 22-year-old John, not good at saying what he's good at. 37-year-old John can do it and not throw up in his mouth. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Congrats the, on that. The important <laughs> thing here is, uh, to me, and the reason I wanted to be a part of the board um, when, you, when you reached out was a lot of these positions throughout the U.S., these chaplaincy positions, are hired by the the organization isn't that right or or in some capacity like they're funded by the municipality that they're a part of so there are basically two types of chaplains just like there are two types of firefighters right okay. there are volunteer firefighters and they're paid firefighters right. the vast majority of american firefighters are actually volunteer firefighters wow they also suffer the highest number of fatalities um annually as firefighters uh, more so than professional or paid departments mm-hmm. um they actually prefer volunteers prefer you say paid um, because uh, volunteer firefighters are just as dedicated and um, professional, and I think that's about as nice a thing as I'm allowed to say about firefighters. firefighters. <laughs> Later, I'll make a joke about couches and sitting in their recliners, but um, <laughs> I already did it. Um, so chaplains are basically we are. I I don't know what the actual number would be. If I were to venture guess, I would say about 95 percent of chaplains in the U.S if not more, are volunteer. Right. But I, yeah. I, I sorry, maybe I, I didn't explain that. Um, I was referring more to the ones that do this full time and make a, are able to pay their bills, not yeah. the ones that just voluntarily when they have time or maybe um, they're supported through other means so that they have the ability to do it. So if, if a chaplain wanted to have a career mm-hmm. where they make the majority of their income that can sustain them and their family, uh, is that 
Is, is it still like a 50 the random percentage, but it's still kind of like grays on the, the yeah. area. Yeah, I mean, most, uh, I mean, uh, the chaplains I know that are paid, that I've met, mm-hmm. um, one of them is, uh, has got a, he's got a not-for-profit as well. He's up in Elkhart, Indiana, and mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of a legend in lots of ways. He's about to become the president of the uh, the ICPC. He's, he's a great guy. Uh, he's a Marine, mm-hmm. and that's how he shows up everywhere. <laughs> um, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, the, se- the, other, the other guy that I met is out in San Diego, mm-hmm. and he's actually, uh, basically his church has paid for... 20 years paid yeah. his salary to be the San Diego West chaplain. Uh, so he's just, he's only been the chaplain for the West division of the San Diego police department, mm-hmm. which right now has, well, I talked about 256 officers. There are 45 languages spoken in just the West division. Oh my gosh. And he's been just in that division for 20 years. And for 20 years, his church has paid basically as a missionary position, yeah. his full-time salary to do that. And wow. so most people are, have, have non-governmental funding or like, Mm-hmm. In part, got funding from some other. I mean, unless you get into major metros, yeah. Um, but like, I mean, even as far as I know, ISP, the Indiana State Police don't pay their chaplains. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, that's why it's yeah. that's why it's cool to me is uh, I find it you know similar. It's like it's an entrepreneurial thing where you may not be doing it for the money or your you, there wasn't like a call sheet or something like that or there wasn't there wasn't some job description you're like i'm gonna go apply for this that sounds like fun this is something that was like purely passion where you hey i i really want to make a difference and i think this is a way i could do it and i find something either relatable or inspiring about it and then you put in a ton of work both voluntary <laughs> without any pay and then you're at the point where you're like I would prefer if I could put in 100% of my effort and even more than that because I'm I mean most people say 40 hours is the work week and you were posing th- over well over that and I, I know a lot of people do that in general but it's to me that's that's what really pushed me to be a part of is like this is something you actually want to do to make a difference for the community and if that's anything that I can support because you're a good friend then of course I want to support that you've supported us doing the same thing oh I appreciate it and I mean like again I mean as just before this I was talking to my friend Cam Collins who um, we went to middle school and high school together and, uh, um, shout out Cam what up Cam um, <laughs> um, uh, we're supposed to get coffee in the next couple weeks get on purpose um, but uh, uh, as we as, as you know getting coffee or whatever talking to him and we both are basically at 37 sort of starting our lives over um, mm-hmm. professionally and if you'd said to me at like 14 or 17 hey at 37 you are drastically going to change the direction of your life professionally yeah uh, I would have lost my mind because at this point my mind I would have been at the place I, I, like I was just going to be in a rhythm and, a, and just so this is a restart mm-hmm. and um, it is a weird place to be at 37 I spent uh I spent like seven, seven or so years of my life coaching, especially like twenty somethings, on like how to do life, right, and how to like, you know, like here are the mistakes that I made in my twenties. Don't make the same ones, and and this sort of thing. And then uh, I am now looking at some of that stuff myself again at thirty-seven. Yeah, and um, it's weird, and it's uh, it's difficult, and. Uh, Lou Gerb has coached me a lot. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> but no, I've had, uh, it's, it's, it has been great to be able to talk to a lot of my mentors uh, about this and good friends and, and whatnot as I've been making this transition in life 
to be able to do this. Because yeah. again, um, not everyone gets the opportunity to even chase down to do the thing that I love, right? You, if you think about musicians, so many musicians, they never get paid to do that thing that they love to do, but they do it as you know, a side gig or for fun or, or whatever. And then they sign a contract and people think they're making big money, but it's still going to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> like, like even, but they still keep doing it because yeah. they love it. Yep. Yeah, and then eventually are contractually obligated to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, in some ways. Yeah, so I mean, just even the pursuit of this dream Dream and this passion that has like slowly emerged um, has been worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, one of my uh, it sounds real dumb, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the things that matter to you. Uh, mm. But as I'm getting ready and I'm trying to like put together like basically this like, hey, you guys should really support me in this thing that I'm doing. I asked my officers to like. Hey guys, it's super narcissistic, but could you like tell me why it's important to have chaplains around? And like, if you have any story specifically about like me or whatever, like, I know it's like it's awful to ask. Like, it's like because again, it's like you've got to sell yourself to like do this thing, which is a weird thing to do. Yeah, like for years, like Mm. I just because like for me, like I just love these people and I love what they do. And I love being there with them to help them do it better. Mm -hmm. Not by doing the work, but helping them, right? Yeah. You facilitate. And uh, the the feedback and the things that they said, um, it was a uh, it was really good to hear. Mm-hmm. And like uh, one, just like just the number of people who actually responded right to this like call for like guys i want to hang around all the time is that okay and if so could you say some things that were like not terrible about me or chaplaincy um and then to um to actually read those comments and um and then just to hear them ask on a regular basis hey what's the status like when are you going to be here all the time oh that's awesome um uh because the, one of the key things to understand about the first responder community is that trust is everything. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, I mean, one of the things I did get in the feedback was from one of, uh, uh, <laughs> one of my officers was like, when Bundick first showed up, we thought like, why is he here? And is he like spying on us? Or like, what's the, is he reporting back to somebody? <laughs> so, Are we in trouble? Why? Like, I mean, it was like, because <laughs> it's like, who's this new, like he just showed up out of nowhere. And it's like, <laughs> but then the follow-up to that, like that comment was like, but then like we trust him and we want him around. And, um, and so that has been a thing like, it, like just in that feedback and hearing that back and just knowing, um, like you say, like I'm not paid for it, but like I genuinely have people that love and care for me, mm-hmm. and have shown up. Like when I had COVID, they're like, mm. I mean, it was like beautifully inconvenient when I had COVID October of last year. Like I was like, I was not in the hospital, but I was like going like ten steps, like. inhaler. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, it gave me asthma. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And um, <laughs> so, uh, but like. So many texts and calls like, hey, what do you need? Can we bring food? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had like three or four officers who did actually, they, like, they or their wives or whatever or their husbands, like, dropped off food at my house. Just, uh, uh, just constantly asking, what can we do to help you out? And it was just this, you know, it was really beautiful to be carried by this community in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, and also get, being circling way back, 
to the conversations about the national conversations about policing. Mm-hmm. Um, January of last year, I did our like the department every year does bias training and like basically how do we like deal with those kinds of things, right? Like how do we deal with diversity and whatnot and, and, and whatnot? And so I got what I got asked to do by our training sergeant was, hey, so I've heard your stories about <laughs> actually um, it was the thing that we did uh, that David and I did over in Shelbyville. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Either that the live the, stream. Yeah, the live it was either that live stream or the one that we did that was like the the podcast from studio like one point five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unspoken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I watched that whole thing, heard your stories, and I want you to tell your terrible stories to our officers. Um because they trust you and they know that right. you don't hate them. Well, that's like the biggest difference whenever you have like a public speaker that's supposed to be coming in to educate. And you're like, oh, here we go again, or or so and so. But like the difference in situations like this that I think is really cool is just the fact that there is that established relationship yeah. of of not just bleeping, you know, loving, yeah. but there's also <laughs> that re- mutual respect between yeah. you two. It's not just, oh, here's the guy that tells us, you know, talk. Why do you feel that way? Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. how are you doing? Like, there's actually a relationship, and you've you've seen things together. You've experienced yeah. good and bad, and. Chipotle and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much Chipotle. Um, the before and after of Chipotle. Yeah. So, I, I, so I, my point is, like, I'm sure they had a better uh, a better experience, or they actually took away something more meaningful than if you just went out to a random crowd. Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, and the thing was, is like, so I did that and told like the stories of like getting pulled over in Trafalgar and some other th- incidents I've had, and you yeah. know, uh, the threatened lynching and these sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, and then um, what I got and what I'm still getting is these ongoing conversations a year later about uh, when we look at like national trials or these incidents or just even I've been thinking a lot about, you know, I mean, especially in those like three or four months after I did the training, I would say with a number of officers, just conversations about, hey, the, you know, this is the thing I didn't think about or, or you know, one of, uh, one of my officers shared with me, because one of the things I talked about was like, you know, not every black person is from Columbus. And so when they get pulled over by you, what they're, what they're thinking, national conversation, not local, right? Yep, and, yep. and they don't know you like I know you, or even like generally how most black people around here understand that like, you know, they're fine, right? <laughs> like, yeah. um, whatever. And so like, you know, if it's just like a, a traffic stop because the taillight's out or whatever, just like when you get to the, the window and you're talking to them, it's like, hey, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna run your stuff and as long as, you know, come back then, I'm gonna let you go with a warning or, you know, I'm gonna give you a ticket or whatever. Because like knowing what's going to happen is so helpful, right, yes. in that stop. And again, it's seeing the story in the other person and understanding that they may not have the background that I have in these incidents, in these kind of circumstances. Right. Um, also, most people don't go out of their way to make contact with the police on a daily basis. And yeah, you are true. Just, you are just the police. So you just, this is your day to day. And so when my officers came back to me and they're like, hey, so, you know, like it was like two weeks after the fact. And they're like, I, you know, I stopped this this lady and I think it was like a taillight out or something like that. And, she, and he goes, she was clearly like really nervous and just like uptight and anxious when I got there. And I remember the thing you said, like, hey, you know, just let him know what's good. And she, he goes, I knew she was going to get a warning and just like, you know, get it fixed, right? And so he goes, hey, I'm going to run your stuff. And like, you know, that whole thing. And he goes, it was so, it was, it was like magic. Like she instantly just like relaxed and everything was like, she was super cooperative and she was like, like she went from being really anxious about this interaction to like, it was fine, right? Yeah. And again, it's because someone I trust told me a story that I believed and like, and I'm not saying they wouldn't have believed anyone else. But 
being able to be part of that ongoing conversation and not just giving it once, but being able to be like constantly with uh, our officers as they're mm -hmm. kind of processing that and processing national events and, and these sorts of things has been, you know, as yeah. a black guy, a really unique experience um, that I think uh, a lot of people don't get. So I'm not sure how we started down this trade. Uh, this well, road, I mean, it, it makes sense. No, and yeah, like, I, I think that's relatable to anybody with the precedent side of things. It's like if you, the juvenile detention, if that's what you've experienced before, then it doesn't see that that is what you come to expect from situational outcomes. So if if you're mistreated in situations, then that's what you come to expect. So then your natural reaction would be, I'm worried. Or if you always get warnings, you might be really confused the first time you get a, a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Or, or yeah. I mean, if you have parents that are aggressive and their normal re response is anger, you would be very confused whenever they're smiling and you did something wrong. Like, it's just these uh, these learned situations. Responses. Yeah, learned yeah. responses. Yeah. Exactly. That we have, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. just what you've grown up with that's, and everybody's just different experience. So every time I get a warning, I'm like, why? <laughs> but what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> you saw my record. <laughs> I've been pulled oh over gosh. five times tonight. Um, <laughs> it was more like the same month, but yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. But yeah, so I mean, and again, just like hearing those stories and being able to interact with those, that's that's the thing that I think is, is, is one of the things that I get to do. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and so... Um, that's awesome, man. Being part Seriously. of that with my, you know, with my guys and gals and I, again, I just really respect the work that they do and how mm -hmm. hard the job is. And um, it sounds, you know, like I always feel weird saying it, but like, you know, it's like, I know how hard your job is. And um, so I really appreciate what you do. And um, so. Well, I'm sure that goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, seriously. <laughs> Um, we've been at this for like three hours or something. Now. No, 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 no. If it's cool, we've got we've got some kind of stuff that's like a little off the wall that we're gonna do uh, real fast. Yeah, and it'll yeah, be yeah, fun. Before we jump in, I got all the like, time in the world. So. I I know what it's like whenever you have to. You're in a different position because it's not a position you made. You have to justify this to people, yeah. and it's super awkward whenever you have to go around asking for feedback. And it's like, <laughs> hey, I know it's kind of weird, but like, uh, <laughs> I need the. You know, it's like, uh, could you give me the Google review? You dance around a little bit, exactly. We understand. So I want to put you on the spot with that. Yeah. How, how can people like right off the bat coming off of that conversation, how can people support you that aren't going to like, maybe I, maybe I can leave a review or is there any other way that I could support you so that you could do this full time? Yeah. So, um, we, <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm still bad at the ask for the, the, the Don't money. Don't worry, right? man. It's, it's, I think it's a personality thing and you may never get there. So I'm just going to keep this boosting is, you. This is, keep getting this you there. is why a board exists to like ask for money because <laughs> yeah. I forget to ask about it. Like, let me tell you all the stories. <laughs> Somebody should ask for money, John. <laughs> I got you, John. Um, tell him. Uh, so we, uh, uh, and I will have all the information to Tristan because Tristan is the source of the information weirdly cause he's on the board. But we'll have some opportunities that people can give via Venmo. Um, we're going to have, uh, some other ways. Uh, David, uh, is, is graciously mm -hmm. designing a website. Once I give him an example <laughs> website, um, <laughs> hey, we're all invested in this. Hey, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I definitely, we've, we've got a website and we, we, yeah. we bought it, um, from, from one it. of the places that has an opportunity to sponsor you. I won't say their name until I pay you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And so, um, so there'll be some opportunities that way. So we are looking in February to open up individual giving. So the reason why we're going to do individual giving first is because of that IRS, like, nebulous, like, I don't know, zone that we're in. So at this point, just because of the way most... Um, um, the way that, you know, your tax deduction situation works, most people mm. are, you know, just taking the single 
like deduction or whatever. Um, clearly, I know a ton about taxes. Um, <laughs> Preach. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why I hire a person. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So, um, but the, you know, they're not going to, the tax deduction is not as important. So for a lot of people, it's like, hey, you know, I'd love to give five, 15, 25 bucks, 100 bucks a month. You know, at the end of the year, that's not going to be enough to like deduct from my taxes. So we're going to open that up. Um, Pretty soon. So again, there'll be opportunities for one-time gifts. There'll be opportunities uh, to just be like, hey, you know what? We're gonna, you know, just gonna treat this like a, a Netflix or Hulu or situation. Here's like nine ninety nine a month. Just take it. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna forget about it. And there you go. Um, and so we'll be able to take from Venmo, um, checking accounts, debit or credit cards, uh, that situation. And so we are uh, hopefully by the end of the week that we're filming this, be able to to have that going. And so mm-hmm. uh, you'll you all have the information to put down in like the, the stuff down. Yeah. Below, right? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll probably link to the website because that domain shouldn't ever change. And then if you go oh, to the website, um, that will host all of the uh, places that and resources that you can uh, go to to access all yeah. this. Yeah, stuff. yeah, we we do have the site. It just parked right now, so yeah. it says it's coming so, soon. So, yeah. so that's why in the description, yeah. regardless of if you are or aren't ready, that domain yeah. will always be available. Bookmark it. Go check it out. You know, every yeah. once in a while, uh, yeah. but it, it'll be ready. Definitely. Yeah, it's www.fleck.org. It's two F's at the beginning. Fleck. Fleck. I'm glad. I'm glad we were able to. Uh, uh, help with that a little bit. I know. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. It's, it's okay. like pulling off band aids, man. It's yeah, no, off just gotta, yeah. Like this is the thing. And so, if you if you happen to work at a major corporation that's international here in Columbus, um, mm-hmm. and you think that they might want to give money, uh, I would love to talk to you to begin, like even just setting that up because we are anticipating uh, getting uh, our approval by uh, May or June, and so we'd be looking in the second half to start asking for money there and uh, from corporations. If you're a small business owner, uh, we'll also take your money or whatever you would willingly give to us to like help get this off the ground. Cause like I said, Mm -hmm. I, um, we are like, I really want our officers and to to succeed and I want them to do well. And um, I want to be able to fund things that will make their lives better. And so uh, I know that we're a super generous community. as I was, I was, I applied for a, a local grant recently, and one of the things that came out was that as they're trying this, you know, the city's trying to get away some of this money, is that what they found out was a bunch of not-for-profits actually didn't take the money because they had done so well throughout COVID because people became more giving in Columbus wow. uh, during this that like it was like they had. Not like too much money. I mean, I don't know if know if not for profit other than the NFL can have too much money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so, zing. But you know, NFL. If you'd like to give me some money, I'll take yours too. Um, <laughs> but like, we are a very giving and generous community, and so uh, I just would really love to lean into that and see if we can improve the lives of the people who do so much hard work for us and see and like just experience things that most of us cannot imagine um, as a reality in the community in which we live. Mm-hmm. And so uh, whatever I can do to support them and their families, I'm, I'm on board for. So, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Now, uh, what I, now here's the thing. Uh, I don't know. Are, are we done? Cause, cause what I, the whole reason I showed up other than to like, uh, you know, hang out with you, Cole. Um, <laughs> and you, David. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, Tristan, how you doing? Uh, I already got my compliment. I'm good. <laughs> we usually hang out with I'm some waiting. coffees yeah. anyway, so this is normal for me. I want some, uh, I want some amazing would you rathers. 
Do you have yeah. any amazing would you rather's? Or we or not actually we, I thought you we had, had a hot a, take. We had a special. Oh wait, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It was if it came up organically. Oh, okay. uh, right. and it didn't. It didn't. So, right. so that okay. uh, a little mystery okay. there. Maybe some more right, slides on the street and ask me. Wrong with that. You actually don't get a would you rather. You, oh, you, that was get, your, you get your own section. Ooh, okay. So there's a straight up some questions. I've known John for a long time, and we've been Facebook friends for a long time. Uh oh. John loves to ask Facebook questions. I do love to ask Facebook questions. And you usually don't reply to your own questions. I do questions. not. I'm so more interested in what other people are saying. We thought it would be fun to uh, ask you <laughs> your oh, own yeah. questions. Cool. And, oh, this uh, is good. Script. Flip I the think, script. I think, uh, yeah. is this, can I just stand up and just like walk out now? Is, is no, 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 Okay, take it away. What's the weirdest thing a guest uh, has done at your house, apartment, abode? Yeah. The weirdest thing is I I cannot answer that because I don't know if it's What's the next weirdest thing? <laughs> which is what I'm, I'm working through. Um, <laughs> Maybe you could just like... Well, it's <laughs> all, all the more reason it a little bit. to like host our stuff on our own website, man. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. no, I've, I've, I've got an off it's mic a family for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think one of the weirdest things that I have had happen at a home that I lived in was uh, I had a, in Hartfordton, Indiana, had a house where one summer my roommate and I had f- between four and six other roommates living with us in a two bedroom one bathroom ranch house okay. uh, that Ooh. I was running on the church is like right next to where I worked. And uh, so it was just like, it was the hangout house for everybody. Everybody came in. We called it the smoke house. Um, we called it the smoke house for, because there was a lady smoked who smoked a lot of meat. No, no, she, no, no, the lady before us actually smoked a lot in the kitchen. And so uh, like the, the ceiling, I, oh, when yeah. I came in, I had to paint it and it was all this. Anyway, Gross. so we called it yeah. the smoke house. And um, so all summer, so these six guys, uh, four to six guys, depending on the week, uh, were paying us rent and living there. It was great. But what that meant was everybody hung out at our house. So one morning, because I'm the only one who's got like a real full-time job at that point, uh, I wake up at like eight in the morning, which is still pretty late in the day to be waking up for a full-time job. Um, (laughs) No judgment. It's youth ministry. And so, <laughs> <laughs> They're not up at eight. I know. I mean, I was up at 10, until 10 or 11 out with students. It's whatever. So I get up and like kind of bleary eyed. I'm dressed. I'm walking out of my kitchen and there's some guy sitting in the kitchen making breakfast. And I was like, hey. He's like, hey. And I just walked to work. And later that day, I come in and I talk to all of my roommates. To this day, no one knows who that guy was. Oh gosh. So, we wow. don't know. He was like, because again, people were in and out of our house all the time. It wasn't weird to you. No, it was just like, oh, what's up? And what was weird was after the fact, and we're like, was he just in here making I mean he cleaned up after himself. So, so like made breakfast, cleaned made up, breakfast and left. walked out. So uh, <laughs> like that's one of the weirdest things that's ever happened in my house. That's that a good story, like wow. Yeah. So uh looks like the next one. Uh do you have any friends who do Spider Man fan art? Um in, in parentheses, a very weird, weird question, question I know. Yeah, so um my kid, Beowulf. Um mm. I'm gonna really just lean into that now. Um yeah, I think you should. Yeah, yeah it's so a thing. Ben, it's yeah, funny. Ben, like, I mean maybe we can get a legal name change. He, he's only had yeah. his name for like five years yeah one of those, six? it's one of those like subconscious things like i think if you say it around your wife enough like maybe one day she'll slip up It'll and click. say it yeah and like, you'd be like oh oh, oh. 
Joke's on you. I can't remember what that telling you. It's official. <laughs> you bust out the paperwork you had it in your back pocket like every single day. I, I, think, that, I think that might take both signatures. <laughs> uh, like, Sign here. So I was at the hospital and they're like, we need you to check the birth certificate to make sure there are no, no changes. And I asked, I asked at the hospital, I was like, because again, like I hadn't slept in like two days or whatever. And the nurse is Dude. just like handing this. My wife's like nowhere near. I was like, so if I make changes, do you have to tell my wife legally? And she's like, I, I guess not. They only need one signature. <laughs> and so, I just did this. <laughs> and she's like, I guess not. No. I go, so if I change the name on the birth certificate. She goes, <laughs> she goes, well, she'll find out eventually. I go, yeah, but like years from now, because I'll be the one who goes and picks it up because she from the result. There was a real this moment. Lady starts sweating. She's like, oh no! In my memory, it's like a solid thirty seconds where I stand there and look at her as I'm looking at this piece of paper, trying to decide whether or not to change my son's legal name. Yeah. Um, Whoa! Because I thought like we can probably get all the way to preschool without telling her. It, so it's the, the enrollment is when they get you. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> So, um, <laughs> but anyway, so Beowulf, uh, my kid, uh, is really into Spider-Man and specifically uh, Miles Morales. And I love Miles Morales. We watched Into the Spider-Verse probably inappropriately young for him because um, there's like an on-screen death and like an on-screen murder. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Not killing it at parenting. Wah, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> no and pun intended. <laughs> uh, can't be worse than Lion King. You're good. Oh, we watched that really young too. Uh, so, um, man, I am a terrible dad. Um, but we're watching this. But I love Miles Morales for my son because, like, he's got a Spider-Man who looks like him. One of the things growing up that I didn't have is I didn't have an accessible superhero who looked like me or like, mm-hmm. you know. And my son, one of the first things he said as we're watching Into the Spider-Verse when he's like, you know, like three or four years old, is like, he's got hair like me, Dad. And like, oh my gosh, it broke me. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm. son. And so my son loves Spider-Man. If you ask him who's Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Like, I'm a Peter it. Parker so, guy, right? And so it's like funny. We got two separate Spider-Man. So we get like the Spider-Verse <laughs> happening in our home, right? Yeah. And um, and so like we haven't seen like the new – because, again, trying to be a better parent. We haven't seen the All Marvel because right. like, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. The <laughs> There's Peter with great power. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I lost it. <laughs> dude. Well, um, you can't, like, the power of the most recent experiment, you can't get that unless you've seen all of them up to that point. That's true. Like, yeah, you so, have to run them through the, the gauntlet. Yeah. No, the, yeah. We, we've got we to get. Uh, so shoot, I never these thought are, these about are, it. Dude's behind. Oh, that's going to be rough. Oh, my gosh. Every year he'd be behind. Yeah, well. That's rough. You know, he still doesn't have a solid understanding of, like, I mean, he, you know, he gets, like, for those of you who haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, it's been out for a few years. This is on you. Spoiler. Yeah. Like, when his uncle, oh, my gosh, that whole reveal, and then the, oh, oh. Like, he can't understand that, but, like, the Uncle Ben, like, mm. so. Mm. Anyway, so. This um, kid loves it. So I was just looking. I was trying to find someone who could, like, so I don't, I mean, I, maybe I do know someone. I was just looking for something. Someone who could either do, like, a sweet, like, design that I could, like, get uh, from, like, one of the, tat, like, design your own tattoo places. Like, yeah. semi-permanent or, like, some art for my son. And so. Um. Uh, yeah. So that's why I asked that. I figured ah. you never got the. I checked the comments. I didn't see one comment. Somebody specific. But I. I, I figured there'd be a fun story on it. So. Yeah, that's the, yeah. That's the. It's too long. Fun story. Okay. Wow. That's the thing about me. You never. You never get a short story, which is why people avoid me sometimes in public. <laughs> what? It's okay. Wait. I see you, and I. I still love you. You're and great on podcasts. That's true. I, I can drive talk by. Keep stuff. on driving. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Sport mode. Um, okay, last one. Okay. Oh, Coincidentally, <laughs> leave me alone. You're, you're the last person on Earth, or at least the continent. What do yeah. you do? So much. One, like, 
Yeah, I think you uh, wallow in the existential angst of it all. Um, oh, yeah. Because, mm. I mean, especially if you know for sure, right? It's yeah. that question of, like, if you're the last person, like, really. And not, like, the last man on Earth where it's like, oh, I find all these people. But, like, you are for sure. Legitimately for reason, the last. The last. You move into this, like... I mean, that is, that's the apocalyptic story that, like, we, we're obsessed with at some levels, Americans, right? Oh, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. the I Am yeah. Legend, which I prefer the original ending to the alternate one. Which is, I am the main character of the world. Yeah. Kind of like, I, I am the center of the world. Yeah. Oh, like, I mean, there's just so many questions, like, philosophically and theologically that you're, like, wrestling, oh, right? And, like, because human <laughs> beings are meant to be in community. Because even, like, in monasteries, monks who are doing solitude are required to come down and be in community with the other monks on a regular basis because we're meant to be in community. So it's like, there's that. So I think um, mm. I think I find a dog. Yeah. And uh, if I learned anything from I Am Legend, uh, you need Gotta a dog. Gotta have a dog. Gotta have a dog. Uh, whoo. <laughs> that was another rough one. Like, oh, oh my I gosh. Know. You're like, no, come no, on. Oh. Mm. That was tough. That Spoilers. Was tough, yeah. Again. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> the that's dog shame dies. on you. And also there's like yeah. four versions of this movie. That's like the fourth make of that movie. <laughs> that's and, true. Um, it's the better one of them, and it's not even, like, the original, like, novella is so much better. If you haven't read I Am Legend, it's yeah. so short that they tack mm -hmm. on a bunch of his short stories at the end to make it a book with that. <laughs> your, your son, you're going to show him that, like, next year. He's like, he's, he's got hair like me, too. <laughs> it does. I assume, I haven't seen the other ones, but I assume they probably weren't played by Will Smith. They were not, so... No. <laughs> he keeps reprising the role for the same movie over and over. <laughs> we'll eventually get it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. He's just very, it he loves this story. By the way, so they are doing Bel Air. Uh, I don't know if you've seen you know, Did you guys oh, see that I, the, YouTube fan trailer for yeah. Bel Air? So Will Smith was really interested to interview the guy. Like, There's a YouTube sort of situation where you interview the guy because he and um, Jones, is it Quincy? Yes. Yes, Quincy Jones yes. apparently are, are producing Bel Air as a dramatic series take on The Fresh Prince, which, of course, if you remember The Fresh Prince in the latter few seasons, was pretty much a drama. Right. Mm -hmm. But from the jump, this is going to be a drama. And they just dropped the trailer, I want to say, um, a couple, like a week or so ago. Okay. And it looks so good. Um, I'm excited for this. Um, okay. So I watched the reunion. I didn't see the reunion. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Just uh, saying. Will Smith is now older than Uncle Phil was when Uncle Phil started that show. Oh, my so, oh. And also, Uncle Phil was the shredder on the animated uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Huh. What? Really? I did yeah. not know that. Yes. So, um, Uncle Phil. There's so many like levels there of just like, <laughs> what? Um, but anyway, so I'm stoked about That's Bel Air. And uh, so you're finding a place to chill and watch Bel Air <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. with your dog. And I mean, yeah, mm. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, so much of my life is like people oriented. Like, I love people. No, for sure. And so I think it's. I mean, honestly, like, there's a little bit of a flip out period, and then there is uh, human beings have to have purpose to live. Like, that's just a thing that is mm. real. Which is why people like. I mean, when it's, especially when we talk about people, especially who are elderly, who know they're dying can make it to a birthday or can make it to um, until someone else comes and says, like basically says, you know, I love you, dad, you can go or whatever. Like there's so many stories and based on some of the worlds I run in, I get to hear a lot of these stories. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to have purpose. And so finding purpose more than just survival. Um, and uh, probably a lot of reading and catching up on movies that I never, because I'm, I'm assuming there's power somewhere, I guess, yeah. Like for a little bit at least, right? I mean, yeah. But I mean, the whole, you referenced the show, um, uh, Last Man on Earth, yeah. which 
when I first met Luke Erb and you guys at the gathering, he looked and sounded very similar to Will Forte. <laughs> they, they had the same That's hair. because It was before he started gelling his hair up, and he has the full look and everything. Yeah. And he was also kind of like a... He could probably survive on his own type of thing. Oh, he definitely could. But in the show, the separate of Luker, um, he does that for like the first two years. Like he does what everybody thinks you would do. It's like you live crazily and like you you steal the Mona Lisa and you go cross country and all this. And then after about two years of uh, the prodigal son lifestyle, he's like, uh, all right, I have no purpose. I'm going to end it. And then runs into somebody. Yeah. But like, I mean, because at this, like even if you're the last person, there's seven people on the planet, we'll say. Six. Uh, we'll let one of the scientists in the Antarctic like survive for a while. Yeah. There's seven people on the planet and like seven up in the space station for a couple of years, not much longer than that. Yeah. Um, mm. Also, I think I'd find out where every nuclear reactor in the, on the in the country was and avoid those. That would be the other thing that would do. Oh yeah, because yeah. there's nobody touching those. That's yeah, gonna, yeah. yeah, those are uh, those are going to go critical. So <laughs> <laughs> just go hit the off button. You're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that's never gone wrong, Chernobyl. Um, so, <laughs> um, through my island. So, but oh. yeah, I mean, you just, you've got to find something to do that gives you a purpose, mm-hmm. and mm. um, yeah. So it's the role of the Robinson Crusoe. Right? Yeah. So, ooh, we even got classic literature in here. Look at us oh, go. Wait, this, this, we really classed this joint up today. <laughs> Looking good, man. So. I can't think of the last time we referenced a book on here. <laughs> I don't we know what you're talking about. We referenced about. a couple today. Well, with you. Yeah. So, excluding this yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. We, we might need to read some books. <laughs> yeah. That's what Audible's for. Yeah. So. Four hours. That's why I listen to podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts. Podcast. Audible. Right I now, my to the is a great one. book, The Spirit Level. It's about, like, here's the thing that's going to upset somebody in the comments. Income inequality, but it's like a global statistical look at what happens when the wealthiest and the poorest are further apart and when they're closer apart, and what are the outcomes. And mm-hmm. I'm still got, like, this is a significant book. About four hours left on it. And um, one of the interesting things is, in a lot of ways, it is better to be poor in a country where there is like less income inequality than it is to be wealthy in a country where there's broad income inequality. Mm-hmm. Because you have better outcomes in all the ways, even mm-hmm. if you're wealthy. So when you talk about mental wellness, physical health, um, and all these kinds of things, and even, I mean, it's just, it's weirdly because society, like yeah. there's, uh, yeah. Once you pass the first rank of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, water, shelter, yeah. it's like, all right, now that I got that taken care of, am I happy? It's like, mm. Yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, Vapor, vapor, all is vapor, as the teacher put it in Kohelet. So, um, Ecclesiastes, sorry. Another um, book! Yeah! <laughs> it's a super old one! And it's like one of only two types of that type of wisdom literature that we have an extant copy of. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a super interesting thing. But, you know, we could, we could talk that all day. Hours. We won't. Yeah. So. We'll s- <laughs> that That's for... Podcast number three with Listen, John, right? Um, follow up. I hope, the, I hope the follow up is just being able to say, you know what? Like, thanks to Triflix because you guys are the ones who really pushed me over the edge and getting that funding for Aww. for my dream. And you know, I hope I get to come in and just like you know share that. So, oh yeah, we would love for that to be the case. So, I really appreciate you guys having me on and uh, let me tell my story. Let me talk about this thing that I really love. Uh, I love the stories that you're going to tell about people around Columbus. And so, thanks for what you guys are doing here and uh, so many things that. Uh, that you were adding to like the cultural zeitgeist of the area, but then also the way that you've shown up at 
um, weddings and stuff that I've been a part of and being able to hear people talk about like how much they appreciated the, the photos and the videos and these sorts of things. So thank mm. you so much for having me on. Thanks for letting me, again, share this passion. Tristan, thanks so much for uh, you know being on the board, which yeah. is like asking you an extra thing on top of like mm. everything that you're doing. And thanks to your <laughs> wife. Tell her I said thank you. I'm well, so sorry. Yeah. Um, cool. Thanks for the genuine that. questions today and the yeah, interest. Man. So um, And telling me not to ask those questions, like start answering those questions <laughs> before we walk in the room. And uh, David, thanks so, yeah. for so much in like, you know, really pushing for this all to happen and yeah. you know, like putting up with them to like edit this whole or like produce <laughs> this whole thing. for you, John. So, uh, he puts so, yeah. up with a lot. He does. So uh, make sure that you uh, share the uh, share the episode, uh, yep. you know, and all the, all the all the platforms. Uh, Pretty please. The way that this uh, gets spread is that you share it. Um, in your social medias and then also make sure you click that like button and subscribe oh, yeah. thanks so much for joining us yeah. uh, here on the TriCast and uh, we'll see you next time hey right. check Gotta out uh, links in the description for most places have link wherever the description is check yeah. that out and yeah, uh, somewhere. we'll be adding all of your ads all, so all many the, ads all the all ads, your ads. All the website go check out the website go support John Budnick uh, real quick what do we got Check out Triflix Cast on Instagram, and uh, we are actually on every podcast platform, at least the major ones. If we're not on one, let us know. We'll put it on there. Uh, you can also watch the video on YouTube. If you have just general interest in Triflix, go check us out. Triflix.com, Triflix LLC on Instagram. Because we make videos and we do video. Or have a good day. photos too, so yeah, they're <laughs> check fantastic. us out. Wow, that's how we do this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just cut it at the do-do-do-do, and it just like cuts off.